Welcome to Top 5, Halloween Special Edition. I'm your host, Taylor Matris. This is a podcast where every week my special guest comes on, picks a topic, and then picks their top five in that topic. They could pick anything. They could pick top five urban legends, top five alien abductions, top five torture devices. It's my favorite holiday this month, so we're celebrating all month with Halloween episodes. And I can't think of anyone better to come back on the show with a Halloween episode than the podfather himself, Steve Roselli. Steve, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? <laughs> it was good. <laughs> we are recording this in the dead of night. Ah, it's so spooky in the podcast loft. Steve, it's been a hot minute since you've been on uh, top. You, yeah. you haven't been on since last season. Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Um, are you enjoying your Halloween season? I am. Have you done anything spooky? Yeah, I scared someone at Oktoberfest. Scared the crap out of her. Were you outside peeing where you don't belong? <laughs> Again? <laughs> no, that was one time. I couldn't find the bathroom, motherfucker. <laughs> it was right there! No, I couldn't find it in the corner, okay? That's fair. There was, there's like three rooms in this bar. Real quick, I was drunk. Oh, yeah. I had to go really bad. I hopped the fence and pissed. What do you want from me? I just, I expect nothing less, David. It was dark out, people. Come on. I mean, no one noticed. No, no one saw no, me. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry. I, don't, I don't know if I can handle it. You keep doing that. Well, it's a good thing I didn't dress up like the Unabomber, like uh, I was going to. It, you wore a hoodie? You're always dressed like the Unabomber, just with Adidas shirts. I know, right? All right, Steve, it's that time. Uh, what is your What is your topic for this week? This week, top five serial killers. <laughs> So, Steve, this is weirdly popular these days. What drew you to serial killers? Uh, just the fascination of uh, the true crime, the history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how they, how they, you know, function, how they work. You think it's more of a fascination thing? How a human can be so inhuman? Yes, I think it's a lot like that for me because I, it, it's a real experiment in good and evil, and if you. You need to know what the ultimate evil is. Do you remember the first time you like learned about one of these? Yeah, um, I think it was it was someone on my list, and I remember it was the only incident of a certain crime happening, and I was like, "Wait, that happened?" And they're like, "Yeah, like a few years ago." And I was like, "But, but what? That's not." That's something that happens in horror movies. And yeah. they're like, no, it happens all the time. And then, actually, there was a book, um, and they wouldn't let me check it out of the school library at my Catholic elementary school because it was in the reference section. But it was all about <coughs> Vlad Dracul, the real Dracula. And it was all about impaling people on stakes. And they're like, yeah, this really happened. I'm like, no. Tell me more now. No, tell me. Uh, and I think that really, that really set it off. Into the weird. I would have to say, um, well, there's one on my list, can't give it away yet, okay. that I saw like on the History Channel or A&E that I was like, just fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, I need to learn more about said person. Right. And then right. you go down a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. And you learn about all these other messed up people. I don't know why we bother teaching anything else in school, especially now, because this shit's cool. Girls are into this now. Thanks, my favorite murder. Now I'm less creepy on dates. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who's your favorite serial killer is now a legitimate pickup line. 
weird, right? Weird. That is pretty weird. It, it is. I, I don't want to give away any of the names. I like, know. I know. Well, we you better get started then. All right. All right. Yep. Uh, Steve, what's your what's your number five serial killer? My number five is BTK, Dennis Rader. Uh, okay. And uh, BTK stands for Bind, Torture, and Kill. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Did he do those things? Oh, he did all those things. All at once? In that order? It'd be weird if it was in the opposite order. Kill, torture, bind? Yeah. Or torture, kill, bind? I think kill, tortured, and bind is the worst, because you're just flogging a dead man at that point. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Aha, I've tied you up. <laughs> Nothing to say, huh? Apparently not. Oh, oh I've already killed you. Now you, I'm going to tie you up some more. You don't like it when I hit you, do you? You say nothing. I will get the words out of you. So, um, his his spree was from 1974 to 1991. Where was this? In Wichita, Kansas, of all places. Weird. Middle know, of the right? country. Middle usually, of the country. Usually it's northeast or midwest. Yeah. Or, uh, excuse me, Pacific Northwest and Midwest. So, uh, Dennis Rader was born March 9th, 1945. Okay. And uh, why he was growing up. Like most serial killers do, they torture small animals. Oh, that's not okay. Oh no, I'm not saying it's okay, but that's what they fucking do. It's you know you're right, and I think that's I, in your research. Did you find a trend amongst these guys? Yeah, most of them tortured yeah. animals and a lot of torturing animals and setting fires there, is what there's I like got. Three, there's three triggers, right? Yeah, torturing uh, animals, arson, and burn. was it was it molested? There's, for... there's two different ones, yeah. and they confuse me. One is like indicators that's like wet in the bed. Oh, that was it. That's the, that's the one. Yeah, and, like, and some other stuff. I think he was a wedbetter for a while. He was a wedbetter, yeah. Steve? Oh, wet He's bed. wet in that bed. <laughs> oh, Jesus, whatever. Bed in that wed? <laughs> He's bed in that wed. Um, he also had a uh, sexual fetish for women's underwear. Just in general or wearing them? Like he just... would wear them. He'd take it from his victims, wear that. Well... You know, if it weren't for the murder, I'd say perfectly okay. Whatever whatever floats your boat. And uh, he would also tie himself up as a young child. Hey, whatever tickles I don't know your how, pickle. I don't know how uh, that would work. Yeah. I've never really tried to tie myself up unless you use duct tape and just, you know. You, you know his parents were watching him like, he's going to be the next Harry Houdini. Oh. oh. Well, he was not. <laughs> so we're going to flash forward to his adult life. Hit it. He was working for um, ADT, the uh, security service so btk worked for adt yep from uh 74 to 88 wait the security service yeah that's how he got to most of his victims oh shit that's horrifying he, that's how he would like stake out his victims like oh, all right because he knew he would know how to bypass the yeah. security alarms and all that oh, shit back then up. i don't know like how new like security alarms were back then to be honest it had to be like a brand new thing yeah i would probably just do back in like the 70s uh a shotgun with a rope tied to like the door. If there you're you trying to break in, you get shot in the face. Or just a really big dog. Or a really big dog. Yeah. Like Cujo. Mm. Or like Penny. Or like Penny. Penny oh, she's poopers. a Penny poopers. Penny poopers. So, um, it was like I said, it was the perfect way to scout out his victims. His first murders. Okay. January fifteenth, nineteen seventy four. The Otero family. Okay. So what he did was he would ring the doorbell. The daughter, the little dog, the daughter came to the door. Uh huh. He's like, have you seen my missing daughter? And I guess he had like a fake. I guess he actually had a picture of his real daughter. He had oh. a family and everything. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, and he's like, no, no, is your mommy home? Maybe she's seen her. And he's, she's like, yeah, yeah. And he comes in. Yeah. He attacks the family. So the mother's there. The father's there. The 
brother's there and the little girl's there. So he's just showing up at people's houses and going ape shit on Yeah. Him. That's crazy. It is pretty crazy. They're all awake. They're so, all... Joseph Jr. was nine. Okay. Josephina was 11. They're really creative with their names. Yeah, I wasn't going to take shots at the names, but I'm glad, you know. You know, I can't say anything. My great-granddad had 10 brothers, all named Joe. Really? Yeah, no hmm. joke. I had to call um, by the middle names. So you got Joe Sr., of course. All right. And uh, Julie. That, right. That is the mother. Okay. So the ages are 38 for the father. Uh-huh. 33 for the mother. Yep. 9 for Junior. Yep. And 11 for Josephine. Okay, so the kids are kids, but the adults aren't, like, elderly. No. Most of his victims... For a while, we're kind of young. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. All right. All right. So, he strangled the the mother and the daughter. Okay. Suffocated the the males. Oh. But for the daughter, he hung her from a pipe. What? Yeah. With a rope. And she kind of just, you know, suffocated and strangled. Oh, that's horrifying. And when she died... He came in his pants. Oh, so that works for him. It works for him. He got off on it. So, okay, so he's in this for a sexual thrill. Yeah, it's like a sexual thrill for him. Okay, all right. Yeah, he didn't rape anyone. Apparently, he didn't need to. He didn't need Lower to. Load by himself. But that's pretty fucked up. That's fucked up. Could you imagine you're like a cop and you go to this crime scene and you just see all this shit? I would never have thought, like, I would be like, this person was after money or, like, these people did a mob hit and this guy, like, came back for revenge. And I would never think, oh, he did this so he could uh, blow a load. Oh. So. it <laughs> feels gross saying it. Yeah, it is pretty gross saying it. So the second murder was in April 4th, 74. Okay. So it's like, you know, three months after his first. Catherine Bright, 21. Okay. So this is because it's kind of young. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she was stabbed eleven times in the torso and back with a knife. Okay, so that's like fury stabbing. You don't yeah. stab someone that many times just to kill them. But she didn't die right there at the scene. Oh no! I think her room her roommate came, saw this call. You know, called the ambulance. Yeah. And but she died at the medical center. You're not gonna survive eleven stabs. Surprised she didn't expire right then and there. Explode! I don't yeah, know what right? happens. And for all his murders, he takes like a trophy, takes like a trophy and stuff. He takes like underwear or oh. something from the house. Yeah, that's a thing too. They they keep they keep yeah, little mementos. Um, I forgot what they called it. Product killing. Um. Yeah. Product yeah, killing. Because yeah. they they're after something. So he doesn't kill for three years mm-hmm. until seventy seven. Cheryl Vane, she is twenty four. Okay. Strangled. With a rope. Okay. Now, There's what he does strangler. is, he doesn't keep doing this, have you seen my daughter? Right. He, that wouldn't work. That wouldn't, more, uh, more than enough one or two times. <laughs> it would probably only work once or twice. Exactly. So what he <laughs> would do Fourth time, you just get a shotgun He blast. would, you know, research his victims, uh-huh. like what we're doing now. Oh, uh, wait. <laughs> not like what we're doing. <laughs> it came it's out like, wrong. hey, now. <laughs> and he would break into their house while they're gone uh-huh. and stay in their closet. Oh, fuck. He's like Sully. Yes. He is like Monster <laughs> But instead of playing with Boo, he strangles her to death he and strangles. hangs her from the ceiling yes. and, then, and, then, and then soils himself. He gets off and jizzes in his pants. And I jizzed in my pants. So that's what he's doing. There's a couple occasions where, like here, Anna Williams was supposed to be one of his victims. Uh-huh. But, and this was going to be in 79. She was 63. 
She was out with her friends, gallivanting throughout the town. God knows doing what back in 1979. Right. What else? What and could you do? And he's sitting in her closet. Just, like, chilling. Could you imagine, like, I'm, this is how I'm picturing this guy. He's hunkered down. Yeah. Like, into, like, a ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got whatever tools he's got. He's got a knife. He's got his rope. Yeah. He's got women's pantyhose. Uh-huh. And he's just <laughs> sitting there. And Furious erection. He's just sitting and waiting. He's probably got to take a fucking piss at this point. Oh, I bet. I bet. I bet he had He got so furious. Yeah, yeah. He fucking left. What? He just he left? left. Not doing anything. Not doing anything because she never came home. <sighs> but when she comes home, she sees like her back window's busted her, yeah. or her door's busted and she calls the cops and they're like, you were going to be a victim of BTK. Holy shit. by now he's like sending like the newspapers. This has got to be the most dorkiest thing I've ever heard of what he says. <laughs> he writes poetry. Aww. He writes poetry about. That is dorky. And uh, I don't have any of the poetry because it was really it was I read it it was really bad it was not good. Steve, have you found that a lot of these serial killers huge dorks? Oh yeah, they're all huge. They're all losers. They're all losers. <laughs> That's the one thing that gets me. I'm he, like, he, the they're one, huge losers. The poem he writes is called like "Oh Anna," Aww. how I missed you, Aww. how I wanted to kill you, or something like that. Yeah, sure. So he takes a break from like from '86. Then his last victim is Doris Davis, sixty-two, mm-hmm. and well, he's that's, that's a jump. Yeah, I know, right? He strangles her with pantyhose. pantyhose. Yes, yes, pantyhose. I just took a guess. Yes, it's pantyhose. Oh, creepy. It's probably her own pantyhose. Didn't the Boston Strangler strangle someone with pantyhose? He probably used everything. Everything he get his hands tube on. Tube sock. Yeah, pantyhose. But not the crusty tube sock. The nice clean one. Nice clean one. Yeah. yeah. Nice. White, unused yeah, yeah. tube sock. A tube sock, but like one of the ones you make little monkeys out of. So, <laughs> after he kills um, Davis, mm-hmm. he doesn't kill for a while. Okay. And, you know, the search is still on. We're just trying to figure it out who he is. And he's got, like, an itch. He's like, I need to start, like, messing with these people. So, he starts sending letters. Because he's not getting caught. He's not getting caught. He's not getting record. He's not, like, people are forgetting him. Oh, so he needs to be he recognized. He needs to be recognized. He needs to be remembered like Freddy Krueger. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, creepy. That is creepy. And uh, so he's, once again, he starts sending like letters to the cops, to the newspapers. And you want to know how he got caught? How? He asked in a letter, can you trace back a floppy disk of where it was like saved or whatever? And they're like, no, of course not. You can't get caught that way. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he believe them? And he gets caught yeah. at a church because he was working for a church at this point. So he's gone from working from 80 in the 70s mm-hmm. to like a dog catcher through like the 80s and 90s. Now yeah. he's working as a church. He was also like a scoutmaster and all that. Yeah, because he didn't get caught for a he long, didn't get long caught time. Until, I he, say, he did his berserker oh, mode and didn't get caught. He got arrested on February 25th, 2005. What? Yeah. 2005? 2005. That shit just happened. Yeah, it's 13 years now. Holy shit. I, I remember um watching like the Today Show or whatever show I would watch in the morning before school, yeah. and they talked about this. He had a floppy disk in 2000? Well, yeah. All right. No, well, no, it, was I've, a, I've, it was a church, man. I'm sure oh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was like donated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Also, on June 27th, he pled guilty and is sentenced to 175 years without the possibility of parole. Did he do all 170? Wait, is he still alive? He's still alive, dude. He's 73 right now. Holy shit. Wait, where did he get caught? In Wichita. They don't have the death penalty in Wichita? Oh. That is surprising. So he's got to, you know, live it out. I heard, um, I heard a BTK story. Okay. And I don't know how true this is, but it was, it was someone phoned it into a different podcast. Shout out to My Favorite Murder. Um, but they said, my dad, our dog got out in like the 90s mm-hmm. and my dad found it tied up in someone's yard and he was like, hey, that's my dog. I need it back. And the guy's like, I'm the local dog catcher. You can't have him. You have to go down to the city hall and pay a fine. And he goes, no, give me back my dog. And they got into like a serious argument to the point where the guy, the, the girl's dad was going to beat the shit out of this guy. Mm-hmm. And he finally let him take the dog home. It was BTK. There's another um, story that involves a BTK with a dog. Yeah. One of his victims that he wanted to murder mm-hmm. worked with him like at like the dog catcher yeah. facility. Sure. He's like, you can't have that dog. So you know what he did? What? Kidnapped the dog and killed it. Oh. That's fucked up. Oh, he's a fucked up dude. He's look, a bad guy. Look at this guy. Oh, sorry. Ooh. Look at this guy. Ooh. Yeah, he's a fucked up looking guy. Yeah, if you want to see a picture of him, hit up our Instagram at top5 underscore podcast. I swear to God, I'll remember this time. <laughs> that's intense. So that's uh, BTK. Whew. Oh, by the way, um, his family, wife, they all... Div- they divorced him, and yeah, they yeah. changed his, their names. I don't know. If, you know. Oh, so it's not Mrs. BTK anymore? It's not Mrs. Raider anymore. She could just be like, I changed it to Raider because I'm a huge... I was going to say Oakland fan. That's not correct anymore, is it? It's L.A. now, right? No, no. They're moving to Vegas after this year. What? I thought yeah. they were moving to L.A. No. I thought L.A. was going to have like nine teams they instead have... of none. <laughs> Crossover episode. Pop five here. <laughs> you go ahead. No, you have um the Chargers and the Rams in L.A. Okay, that's right. So yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. All right, Taylor. What is your uh, number five? Enough football talk, but talk. It's time to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh shit! You... Yeah, that's right. We're starting with Dahmer. We're starting with Dahmer. Fuck! I started off weak with a nerd. We're starting with Dahmer. Well, I'm gonna get weird later. Oh god! Um, All right, I'm ready. I'm gonna get weird later. Not later. now when I'm talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. No, we're gonna get weird. So Jeffrey Dahmer. Everyone knows this already, so I'm gonna I'm gonna burn through this kind of quick. So uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, the Milwaukee cannibal, has 17 confirmed kills, and is known for cannibalism, sadism, animal torture, and creating the living zombie. So he was born in 1960 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's a Midwestern boy, and he has. As a boy, he tortures animals, he kills animals, he taxidermies them, and his dad thinks that, like, taxidermying animals is kind of an okay hobby for a child. How old is he at this point? Like, eight, ten? Yeah, he's in his, yeah, around that age, and that's then not, all the way up through high school, he's he's harming animals. That's not okay when you're ten years old, taxidermying animals. No, and the thing is, his dad gets him, like, a science kit, because his dad's a chemist, and he's like, oh, he's into chemistry. But the only thing he uses out of it is, like, the little cyanide they give you to fucking kill animals and then stuff them. And then I assume just, like, make a make a rabbit into a fifi and then fuck it. Um, I don't know if that's true, but it sounds true. Moomoo Cat, I feel like I'm he, sorry. I feel like he fucked an animal. Oh, I'm positive he did. Oh, shit. Oh, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. 
You good? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> okay we're okay. <laughs> New studio, not as much room. Uh, so he's drunk all the time in high school. Like he's just like the drunk kid. And one of his classmates did a big interview. They they interviewed everyone after he got caught. Mm-hmm. So there's all this weird testimony from people who knew him, and they were like, he was just drinking something out of a bottle. And she was like, what is that? And he goes, it's vodka. When he's in like, you know, like the 10th grade. Yeah. So he's drunk all the time. And he has these weird attractions to sleeping men, which is confusing. So he every day this um, this jogger runs past his house. And he starts having these fantasies about like this really fit jogger guy laying down going to sleep and then just like touching him and stuff. And he starts having this weird fantasy. So he's just, you know, like touching him? Just like, like touching him and laying on him and touching him and stuff, which... I, I don't know. That's a little bit weird, and it's just gay fantasy, and if it was just that, this wouldn't be a story, but it didn't stop there. <laughs> so, in 1978, uh, Dahmer's parents have gotten divorced, and he's living with his grandma, basically unsupervised. At some points, he's actually living in his parents' house when they're just living elsewhere. They basically abandon him. Yeah. And that, I think, does something to him. So he sees this hitchhiker running, or he sees this hitchhiker, and he picks him up, and this hitchhiker's on the way to a concert, and he's like, hey, well, before you go to the concert, why don't you hang out at my place? We'll have a couple of beers. So they have a couple of beers, and and then Jeffrey beats him to death. He tries to to, to touch him and stuff and, and to get intimate, and the hitchhiker's like, uh, no, thank you, creepy Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> But Jeffrey's big into weightlifting, so he overpowers this guy and beats him to death with a 20-pound dumbbell. That's why he was a mess with in high school, right? Because he was such a weightlifter. Yeah, because he was actually, he's jacked. Like he's, But he's like 70s jacked, where you're real sleek, you're just all muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of a good example. No, I can't think of a good example, but you, it's before Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So you weren't like super wide and built and have huge packs like, you know, Chris Evans, you'd be like a sleek little fucker. Um, just getting a little gay. <laughs> yeah, so, it took a weird turn already. Oh, yeah. continue. Anyway, so he beats this guy to death with a dumbbell, takes his body, cuts it up, uh, uh, d- uh, dissolves the, the flesh and acid, takes the bones out and beats him up with a sledgehammer. So they're just nothing but like particles at this point. So he's like boiling parts of this guy to get rid of the flesh, beating up all the bones and then hiding the bones out in the forest, just scatter them around. And he never gets caught for this. Now, didn't, oh wait, didn't he put like the body in a garbage bag by the grandma's house and was like oozing like black ooze or something? Different guy. That's a different guy? Oh, I'm sorry. Different guy. Sorry for jumping ahead. No, you're okay. So he joins the army. Um, he basically, he gets busted for uh, showing his ding dong to people. <laughs> And uh, and they're, they're like you're you're going to jail or you're joining the army because he's only like eighteen nineteen yeah so he joins the army and there are testimonies from people who were in the army with him he gets he's becomes a medic even though he's afraid of blood <laughs> like he can't draw blood because he's grossed out by it you know Jeffrey Dahmer the cannibal yeah grossed out by blood grossed mm. out by blood um and he he's in the army and there are people who were stationed in East Germany with him and they were like yeah. He used to try to, like, touch people and stuff. Like, he'd try to get you drunk and then, like, touch you and shit. And um, and eventually he's kicked out because he's drunk 
all the time. So he's kicked out of the army. So you got to imagine there's this drunk jacked guy going around. Hey guys, how's it going? Let's just uh, do a little play, do a little play, play. You want to be some diddling? He's doing a little diddling. He's diddling your dongers. Uh, and all that. So eventually he moves to the big city of Milwaukee. So real quick, did he do anything in um, Germany? We only know that he attempted to molest some other soldiers. Uh, oh, okay. Well, he never confessed anything. He never murdered anyone in he, Germany as far as we know? As far as we know. He never confessed to it. But okay. I mean, that's a bad time to be in Germany. But, well, I mean, it's West Germany. It's not East Germany. But it, it doesn't... All we know is he tried to molest other soldiers. Well, good thing he didn't try to molest a Russian soldier then. Ooh, 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 he'd get molested right back. Not in the fun way. <laughs> All right, so by 1987, he's uh, he joins these... Uh, he gets into the gay scene in Milwaukee, and I want to point out it's illegal to be gay in most of the U.S., so what you would do is you join a club that would get you into bathhouses where it was okay to be... Yeah. yeah, yeah. So these are like, you know, Roman bathhouses where you go, you get in the jacuzzi naked with a bunch of other guys, and it's, it's fun. He got kicked out because he kept drugging people and then fucking raping them. Jesus. And I want to point out, you're at a gay sex club. Just be like, do you want to come home? More than likely, you're going to do fine, Jeff. You're jacked. Do okay. It's not that hard. It's easy. The hard part about being gay is not the getting laid part. So... Jeff gets kicked out of all these bathhouses for being a fucking creep. Oh. 1987. Takes a guy home. They get drunk. Okay. They get... He, Jeff blacks out. When he wakes up, he finds out he killed the guy. What? So he wakes up, and this guy's sternum has been crushed in. He's crushed his chest. And... And, and he's, he's killed this guy. And he's like, oh, fuck. I got to do something. So he starts cutting him into pieces, putting him into, like, uh, uh, a suitcase. Puts him into a couple of suitcases, gets in a taxi, goes out to the lake, and just whips the suitcases in the water. So now is he um, at the apartment now? Not yet. Not he's, yet. He's at his first apartment. And then he has to move back in with his... Uh, with Grandma Dahmer? Grandma Dahmer. Oh, I almost forgot. That guy he whipped in the lake. Yeah. Kept his head. Oh, shit. Boiled it down into a skull. But then the skull fell apart because he boiled it too long and the bones got brittle. Aw. I know. That's a bummer. So he's a trophy keeper, too. So what do you do with this? Did he just chuck the skull? He... Uh, I, I'm sure he, he tossed it sometime. Okay. Uh, if it's just falling apart, I'm sure he could play it off. Or, or he tried to fuck it. I don't know. He's Jeffrey Dahmer. Does a lot of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, so he moves back in with Grandma. And at this point, he's drugging and murdering and raping a lot of people, mostly um, young boys because he likes a hairless chest. So mostly uh, black men and Filipinos and uh, Hispanics. Oh, shit. So he's really wreaking havoc on the underclass. Yeah, Steve, you're real safe. You know, he's got that under sweater. Oh, yeah. It's people like me we got to worry. Actually... You're fine. He's not. Like, he's not gonna get you. Well, he's dead now, fortunately. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> Continue, my friend. So, uh, at some point, he does get busted for this kind of shit, and he gets busted for sexual assault, and he gets kicked out of grandma's house, and he gets parole because he's white. Um. 
Do you do you like that by the way? That that he, that he gets busted, yeah. gets paroled, and like you you had him. You could have you stopped it right then. This there. all could have stopped, and he had was supposed to get uh, inspections of his house to make sure he wasn't fucking around. Mm-hmm. And it, he lived in such a bad neighborhood at this point after he moved out with grandma in Milwaukee that his parole officer wouldn't go to his apartment. If they had ever even once gone, they would have saved countless lives. Yep. But they didn't. Okay. So at this point, all he wants to do is kill people, fuck their dead bodies, and then some. So he's he's drugging people, bringing them back to his apartment, kill them, fuck them, and then do something with the body. At a certain point, he starts cooking them up a little bit, maybe eating them a little. He's really preying on these minorities, too. So the cops aren't looking because he's killing, one, gay people prostitutes, um, uh, African-Americans. Uh, African-Americans. So these Midwestern cops couldn't give a shit about these people. They're less dead. They're less important to them. So he's getting away with it a lot. This actually, if he if he had been killing white boys, this would have been over way earlier. Oh, yeah, totally. So that's my racial problem. With the Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer okay. Uh, I have another one I'll tell you about later. All right. All right. So at, at this point, he... He's looking for something because this isn't doing it for him anymore. He's taking their dicks. He's painting their dicks, putting their painted dicks in his mouth. He's trying to preserve some parts of them and then eat other parts and then dissolve other parts. And he's really trying to get this perfect partner. So he takes a guy, brings him back to his house, drills a hole in his head and puts a muriatic acid into his skull. Christ. The dude wakes up and he's like, "I've, I've got a headache. And he gets out. Because Jeff's like, there's no way he's going anywhere. And he just fucking walks out. Wait, wait, where's, where's Dahmer at this point? Is he uh, at the chocolate factory? Uh, Yeah, he was out getting beer because he's a drunk. Okay. Oh, and he's working at the chocolate factory. That's the worst part. He works at a chocolate factory in the day, and he keeps a skull in his locker. He oh, pa- that's not strange whatsoever. No, he painted it silver, so in case anyone asks, he'd be like, yeah, it's a plastic Halloween prop. No big deal. <laughs> I love Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's, that's how I imagine him. So, so this guy gets the acid put in his head, goes outside, and the cops stop him because he's walking around naked. And, and he's like, don't send me back there. I can't. I got to get out of here. Don't send me back. And Dahmer gets home, and he goes, oh, hey, officer. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's just my boyfriend. We had a little, a little lover spat. I'll take him home. I'll take him home. And the cop's like, <laughs> ew, gay, gross. Go back inside. Go, be gone. And, yeah. and basically just, you know move alongs him and and he ends up you know basically giving this guy back and then immediately Dahmer murders him nice job Milwaukee police so he tries the the zombie thing a couple more times uh it doesn't really work usually they die you're drilling a hole in someone's head and putting shit in it it doesn't work until one time one of his 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 lovers he puts in handcuffs and he's about to kill him and somehow this guy wriggles his way out and gets outside. And he gets out and he gets to the cops and he goes, just, do you have a key to these handcuffs? I just got to get out of these handcuffs. And they're like, why are you running around in handcuffs? He's like, don't worry about it. Just get me out. Because he doesn't want to tell him that he's gay. Doesn't want to tell him he's gay because that's the end of these people's lives. One, it's a crime. They can get locked up for that. And two, my mic's really moving. And, and two, you know, that if their family finds out, that's the end of them. Uh, so he's like, just let him out. And eventually they 
convince him to take them back to what where he was. And this dude had seen Dahmer's altar of dicks and skulls and weirdness. So so the cops bring him back, and Jeff's like, oh, hey, guys, no problem. Come on in. Don't worry about it. And they're like, what's in this room? He's like, oh, nothing. Don't look in there. Because for some reason, Jeff thinks he can talk his way out of everything. Mm. It might be because he's super drunk. <laughs> Drunk all the time. He acts like a drunk guy all the time. He's a bad serial killer. Well, actually, he's a very good serial killer. But anyway, uh, cops open up the fridge and like, oh, a bunch of skulls and shit. What the fuck? And there's heads in there. There's arms and legs. He's got a full freezer full of body parts. He's got a uh, a ten gallon or a, a you know fifty gallon drum of acid that's probably got to do it in it too. Actually, it does. He does. He has a guy in a drum. Yeah. And, and all this stuff. And the cops are like, okay, so you're going to jail. <laughs> and Jeff's like, yeah, all right, let's go to jail. Okay, cool. <laughs> all all right, right, let's go to jail. Yeah, let's go. He really rolls with everything. You can actually look up interviews with him, and he's super calm. He's a little Midwestern. He's just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's when the cannibalism started. I just, uh, you know, started eating people. It's not that big of a deal. And you're like, what do you mean it's not big of a deal? You're eating fucking people. This isn't a Donner party. What the fuck, Jeff? What the fuck? There's, there's, his father put out a really exploitative book about Jeff at yeah. this time, and I don't believe a goddamn word of it. He's a terrible source. But he puts out um, a book, and it's it's really terrible. But I, you can read that if I you think want. the best book about Dahmer is, like, what is it, My Friend Dahmer or something? My Friend Dahmer was written by one of his high school friends, I think. Okay, maybe, it, maybe it wasn't that I one. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Either way. Anyway, so he confesses to everything. We've got tons of hours of footage of him talking about it. Uh, he pleads guilty by way of insanity, but he he doesn't get away with it. He just gets guilty. Mm-hmm. And they give him 15 counts of murder, which there's no death penalty in Milwaukee at this time. So he gets 16 uh, life sentences. Plus 10 years for uh, something else, plus 70 years for another thing. And they can't, they can only bust him on 16 because the statute of limitations is over on the hitchhiker and uh, some of the other ones. Yeah. And some things they could just never prove he actually did. He said, yeah, I did it, but that's all we got. Do yourselves a favor. Look up the court trial. The, the victim's families are there and they lose their shit. These people, these like... Big women are like busting over table to fucking tear him apart, and he's just standing there. It's fucking terrifying. Uh, so is it on YouTube, by the way? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, Hit that shit. up. Oh, all right. It's all on YouTube, uh, including this really great interview. I can't remember. With Stone Phillips? Gonna... Yeah, Stone Phillips. Yeah. It's pretty, it's super 90s, but if you can get through that, it's good. Uh, so he does a year in solitude, in solitary confinement. Okay. Uh, and then in November of 1994, He's let out to do a little laundry duty, and one of the other inmates beats him to death with an iron bar. Now, wasn't one of the rumors is that they shoved a broomstick up his ass, or was that that's, something else? That's the rumor. It is not correct. It's not correct. That yeah, is okay. an urban legend. But, yeah, beat him to death, and when asked why, he said, God told me to. Now, now didn't Dahmer say if he went to Gen Pop, he was going to get murdered? Yeah, yeah, and he was right. And he I think right. I, I think everyone knew that. That's why he spent a year in solitary um there's a uh this is it's we're gonna fix this in a sec uh there was an episode of 
Law and Order. It might have been SVU. I'm not sure. But you know how Law and Order will do like ripped from the headlines kind of thing and they'll do like a real story but fictionalize it? They did one for Dahmer. And he worked at a chocolate factory. And he ate people. And he made death zombies. But they changed it to women. And that always bothered me. Because I'm like, that's the thing you felt inappropriate for children? Like, for for TV that was gay? That's what you took out? You put in everything else, but you took out that he was gay. And I'm like, why? Just tell the truth. Then Yeah, just don't even do it. Just tell the truth. Don't do it. Or just tell the truth. Or also your hacks. Write your own shit. (laughs) Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. Get your ass in here. Let's do top five SVU episodes. I haven't seen any. Um, and that's that's Jeff Dahmer. Oh, Steve, what what's your number four serial killer? I can't see your face. There we go. There we go. My number four, Son of Sam, <gasps> aka the forty four caliber killer. Oh, the wicked wizard of Wicker or whatever the fuck he called himself. David Berkowitz. Old Berkowitz. Was born Richard David Falco. Okay. His parents gave him up for adoption to the Berkowitz family. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, his mother was a prostitute. Oh. And they just switched the middle name and the first what name. What was his original first name? Richard David. Oh, because he got, cause he got, he got uh, um, adopted by Jews. Yeah. David is a... Yeah. David's the uh, yeah, Jewish. Yeah, that makes sense. So they flipped it around. So gotcha. he became uh, David Berkowitz. So he was born June 1st, 1953. Okay. To Betty Border. Mm-hmm. Like I said, she gave him up to adoption to Pearl and Nathan Berkowitz. Pearl and Nathan. Very yeah. New York. He had a uh, above average IQ. Okay. He was difficult. He was spoiled, and he was a bully growing up. He's an only child, right? He is the only child. Yeah. Uh, 17, he joins the Army in 1971. Okay. He was honorably discharged in 74. 71's a really bad time to join the Army. That's the middle of Vietnam. Yes. <laughs> and then he got discharged. Honorably. Right. Luckily him. Um, this one will mean a lot to us. Okay. He worked as a letter sorter, even though you and I are not. No nope. letter sorters nope. for USPS. Um, S- Steve, am I correct? Didn't he? Wasn't he on that weird '70s letter machine that drove everyone crazy? Yes, it's the same one Bukowski was on, and he had to quit. Yeah, um, I can't really describe the machine that well. The only thing I really know about it is you have to identify a certain number of zip codes per second. It basically is a machine that uses the human brain as a computer CPU, and it drives you insane because that's not what so, brains are So he's to already do. going insane from being in the army, being a working for the post office. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. Trust us. Mm. Um, he also found out he found his real birth mother. Oh, after he got out hooker. of the army, uh, he was living. In like this apartment in um in Flushing Queens, I believe. Uh-huh. And uh he didn't like his neighbor's dog. No? No. Didn't like his neighbor Sam's dog? No. No. No, he just gave it away. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. So in I lost my spot here. Seventy five an army buddy no, seventy six, my bad. Yep. An army buddy buys him. A forty-four caliber gun. 
It's a big gun. It is a big gun. Ready for his uh, first uh, victims here? Yeah. Oh, God. With a 44? Yeah, with the 44. Not the 22? I don't don't remember seeing anything about 22. Isn't he a 22 caliber killer? 44 caliber killer. It's the 44? Yeah. Oh. I thought it was the 22 caliber. No, he tried to kill someone with a knife, but it didn't go so well. Oh. I don't, I don't, I don't count that That's as fair. anything. Well, just add stabbing up to the rest of everything <laughs> just else. Just add stabbing. So his first attack of violence was, like I said, was a victim identified as um, Michelle Form. Uh-huh. Tried to use a hunting knife. Yeah, nice one. But his first shooting, though, mm-hmm. was, god damn these people's names, Donna, Laura, and Judy Valente. Sure. In the uh, Pelham Bay of, of the Bronx. Okay, so he's in the Bronx. He's in the Bronx. He, by the way, from like '76 to like the end of '77, the Bronx was fucking crazy. You had the Bronx you, you uh, the Bronx Zoo, which was the New York Yankees at the time. There's a bunch of infighting going on there. Yeah. You had the mayor of New York City was clashing with his residents. Yep. And then there was some big fire somewhere in '77. Yep. I know I said 76, but this is all happening between 76 and 77. So. 77 is the year of punk, too. That's when the Ramones and everything else, DB, or CBGB, kicked off. So, uh, Laura knows a man approaching, and he had a gun. He had the gun in a brown bag. He was about to say, hey, can you tell me where? And he just starts shooting. Oh. Volante survived, but Laura died. And that was on Christmas Eve. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas indeed. His second shooting was Carlo De Niro. I want to say De Niro, but it's nowhere close to that. And Rosemary, Rosemary Keene. They were sitting in this car when the windows started shattering. What were they doing in this car late at night? Oh, they were making out. They were diddling each they other. They were diddling. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of diddling in this episode. So much diddling. Uh, Carl was bleeding from his head and Keene was... Had like superficial injuries. Um, De Niro had to get a metal plate put into his skull. Uh huh. So they survived. Oh, he couldn't. He couldn't like tell them who did it. After oh, his metal plate. All he could see was was just a man approaching, and that doesn't help. Well, when when you got window shattering and you're trying to get the fuck out, and you got a boner, are you, are you gonna really pay attention? No. Like, I'm not gonna look up for my diddling. I'm gonna <laughs> let that all go on. No, but the bullets at the scene. And at the first scene, all were forty-four caliber. Okay. So the police were... Oh, I, isn't forty-four caliber used for, like, airplanes? Because it's only good at short range, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like it's like a... It's, it's like a snub nose revolver. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he's got. He doesn't have, like, a magnum. That's what you're thinking. No, no, no. I barrel. Can, yeah, I'm thinking, thinking the long barrel I'm thinking one? of a forty-five. No, he didn't have the forty-five. Uh, that took place in Flushing, Queens. Okay. Uh, that's where the Ramones are from. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. The um the next one was uh Donna DiMassi and Joanne Lomino. They were his next victims. Like I said, November twenty seventh, nineteen seventy six. No, I might my day screwed up. I'm sorry, guys. You're good. All right. Um, they saw a man in army fatigues coming up mm-hmm. behind them, and he was going to ask them for directions. And what happens? He starts shooting. Shit. <sighs> man, these people are dumb. Yeah, so, and this is like, this is all advertised, right? Yeah, like, this people is all know advertised. this shit's and going by, on. By this time, by the fourth time, the police start saying they have a serial killer on the loose. <gasps> in New York. In New York, of all places. That's so scary. And this is 70s New York. This isn't like, this is like, you know, 
Times Square is full of hookers and dirty movies. Like, there's no fun, touristy part no. of New York. This is nothing but dirt. And it was, leaded gas. It was dirty. Unleaded gas hasn't they been invented like yet. They had, like, a garbage problem, too, from our. Oh, the garbage strike yeah, is that summer. Yeah, the garbage summer. strike, yeah. Yeah, 70s New York is the worst place in the world. It really was. So, about this time, they said, like, all the victims had, like... Like long brown hair, so women in New York started to cut their hair short, yeah. so they wouldn't get killed by the forty-four caliber oh, killer. Because he's looking for, they think he's looking for long-haired girls. Exactly. So he sends a a letter to the police. Uh huh. The what is called the Son of Sam letter. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna read. Give me a little piece. I'm gonna of read that. this. Give me a little lap. I wish I could do like a cool voice, but I can't. I am deeply hurt by you calling me a woman hater. I am not, but I am a monster. I am the son of Sam, which is in quotations. Mm-hmm. I'm a little brat. My father, Sam, gets drunk. He gets mean. He beats his family. Sometimes he ties me up to the back of the house. Other times he locks me in the garage. Sam loves to drink blood. Go, kill, command Father Sam. Behind our house, some rest. Mm. Yeah, isn't it somewhat creepy already? That's real creepy. Most Mostly young, raped, and slaughtered. Their blood drain just bones now. Papa Sam keeps me locked in the attic, too. I can't get out, but I look out the attic window and watch the world go by. I feel like an outsider. I'm on a different wavelength than everyone else programmed to kill. Boo. However, to stop me, you must kill me. Attention all police. Shoot me first. Shoot to kill or else. Keep out of my way or you will die. Papa Sam is old now. He needs blood to preserve his youth. I want <laughs> full disclosure. I didn't read this letter until now. Fuck, Steve. Where are kids <laughs> I, listening? I, I wanted to share it with everyone. Uh, he, has, he has had too many heart attacks. Too many heart attacks. Oh, he hoot. It hurts, sunny boy. Ooh. <laughs> okay. All right. I miss my pretty princess most all over. Steve stopped reading. He's just talking now. <laughs> now you sound like gibberish. She's resting in our lady's house, but I'll see her soon. I am the monster, the chubby <laughs> behemoth. <laughs> I love to hunt. Proud of the streets, looking for fair game, tasty meat. The Chubby Behemoth is the name of my new album. <laughs> is that your new uh, mixtape? Yeah, it's, it's going to be straight fire. The women of Queens are the prettiest. There's actually a, the letter Z before the prettiest. You can spell prettiest wrong, too. I must be the water they drink. I live for the hunt, my life. Blood for Papa. Mr. Borelli. That's the... um. I believe the head of the 44 caliber um, squad here. Oh, okay. It's like their police. Their police chief, yeah. Sir, I don't want to kill anymore. No, sir. No more. But I must honor thy father. I want to make love to the world. I love people. I don't belong on earth. Return me to yahoos. Yahoos. That's what it says. To the people of Queens, I love you. And I want to wish all of you a happy Easter. Oh, okay. May God bless you in this life and in the next. And for now, I say goodbye and good night. Police, let me hunt. 
Let me hunt, haunt you with these words. I'll be back. I'll be back to be interpreted as bang, 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 ugh. Yours in murder, Mr. Monster. Okay, so... How do you feel about that? <laughs> this sounds like... I don't... It, it's It's got some creepy shit in it, but it also sounds kind of like a child writing. Like, what the fuck are you talking... Bang, bang, bang. I'm Mr. Monster, the chubby behemoth. Like I said, he doesn't have a really bright IQ here. No, he's fucking... It it's it's what a crazy person sounds like. Um, or is it the interpretation of what he thinks a crazy person sounds like? There's another letter to uh, Jimmy Breslin. Uh-huh. Do you want me to read it or no? He it's pretty much the same shit. Give me the highlights. Um, hello from the gutters of NYC, which are filled with dog manure, vomit, stale wine, and urine and blood. Oh, I think I've been there. This is the now famous uh, like Son of Sam letter where he actually signs Son of Sam. Ugh. So I'm not gonna read this whole letter because that one letter was our. <laughs> it was yeah, well, I think that's enough for everyone. That was enough for. It's not for everyone. Yes. So he continues to kill. But he's he, so he's writing these letters and they're still not finding him. He's still not finding him. I I wonder if that's kind of like a a BTK thing where he wants notoriety. Yes, he kind of does. Or does and he want and, to get caught? I think he wants to get caught, but. They're not doing a good job. If, if, if you notice, almost every serial killer we're going to probably talk about, they're horrible. Oh, the yeah. police are horrible. Bad at their jobs. I'm, I'm not knocking police, but they're not really good at... They had Dahmer, like you said. Yeah. They just let him go. They let him go. Just poor police work. Oh, excuse me. So... Um, in July... Is around, like, the anniversary and all that from... It's coming up, okay? Uh-huh. So we'll, we'll jump ahead to his capture. Okay. Cecilia Davis was walking her dog at the scene of the uh, Matsowitz, and there's another Valente here. A lot of Valentes. It's New York. And she saw an officer write a ticket to a car that was parked by a fire hydrant. She kept this to herself for four days. The police found the yellow Ford Galaxy. Yeah, yellow Ford Galaxy. Ugly car. Registered to one... David Berkowitz. Oh, shit. They staked him out by his car. Mm-hmm. Took a while because yeah. he doesn't come out until nighttime. Right. He had his forty-four caliber gun and ammo. They arrested him in Yonkers. Yonkers. In the end, he killed six people and wounded seven. Okay. Six people and wounded seven. That's a lot. Yeah. And it's weird. He's a gun killer. That's not like a big serial killer thing. No. Uh, he's serving six life sentences. And this is the... Okay, the murders aren't funny, but this part's funny to me. He claimed that his neighbor's dog <laughs> told him to kill. His neighbor was Sam. His neighbor was son Sam. Of Sam yep. was the dog. Was the dog. You know, after you read that letter, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. He also was claimed in... I have to look it up again. Like, why he's, like, sitting in prison. He was part of, like, a cult. He, I don't know if they... I don't think they proved the cult thing... At all. Every few years, Berkowitz says a new thing to get a little of attention because yeah. clearly he loves it. He loves it. But, like, he had a thing where he converted to born-again Christianity. And another time he said, you know, he was never really crazy. He just said that to throw off the police. He he said shit all the time. Well, he went crazy and he killed people. Yeah, like, he's clearly a crazy person, so I don't know why we're taking him at his word on anything. Yeah. He's, he's going to die in prison, and that's the end of David Berkowitz in my mind. Where is he, Sing Sing? I believe so, yes. 
Okay. Interesting. Ugh. Ugh. All right, Taylor. You ready for uh, your next one? I don't know if I am. Why? I'm still thinking about the Son of Sam. Do you want me to laugh evil again? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 My number four is the Vampire of Sacramento, Richard Chase. Oh, shit. I don't think I've ever heard of this one. Often overlooked. Shouldn't be overlooked. Okay. He was born in 1915 in Santa Clara, California. So he's like in nice, happy Southern California. In 1975, when he was 25 years old, he goes in the hospital and they diagnose him with blood poisoning. And they say, Richard, that's rather strange. How how did you get blood poisoning? Did you get hurt or anything? Did you, did you have like a wound that didn't heal? And he goes, oh, I inject myself with rabbit's blood. And at the hospital they say, why, Richard? <laughs> what the fuck are you supposed to say? And and he, he says, it's because my body is running out of blood. My blood is turning into dust. And I need to add more blood because I'm running out of blood. And my stomach is backwards, so I can't eat right. And and there's there's bones, and there's bones growing on the back of my head. And I'm dead. I'm already dead, and I'm out of blood. And I'm running out of blood, and I need more blood into my body to replace the blood that's turning into dust. This is actually a medical thing. I can't remember the name of it, but there's an episode of Hannibal where a character has the same issue, where they think they're dead, or they think they're a zombie, or they think they're a ghost. But he has like so. This is most, a this is a thing that happens to people. Okay. Usually it's just oh I'm dead, but like he he feels like his his blood is drying up, so he's motivated by getting blood into his body to keep living. And he is he's the skinny skinny little weird looking guy with like a sunken face but he's only 25 so he's like a young man okay so in the hospital they're like great go to the loony bin (laughs) and they send him to be they institutionalize him it's 1975 so it's not that bad but they get him on they're like oh you're a schizophrenic you have all this stuff he has all this stuff that hasn't been figured out at this point but they're like all right here's antipsychotics here's all this and and they keep him for a couple of years. 1977, they let him out mm-hmm. into his parents' custody. And at this point, they real he he gets weaned off of his medication by his parents, who are fucking wrong. Take your medicine. So would he have to stay on his medicine for the rest of his life? He would, but I mean, a lot of people are on antipsychotics. Yeah, um, it, he would have to take them for the rest of his life just to stay even. Because if he doesn't. He's going to think his blood's drying up, and he's going to start doing things like biting off the heads of birds and drinking them like he was doing when he was in the uh, asylum. He nah. caught a couple of birds. He just, he Ozzy Osbourne him and just started drinking this bird. So this is what I'm picturing. He's he's like in like the play yard yeah. <laughs> of the asylum, and he's like, oh, I got a bird. And just, oh. just just bites off the head, just drinks them down like, um, like the hills have eyes. Oh. Yeah, like that. Um, and that's he actually that's where he gets the nickname Dracula uh, the from the other crazy people at the asylum um, so he gets off his meds and he starts drinking animals again but this time he gets his own little apartment so he's taking um, squirrels and rats and bunnies and things 
putting them in a blender and fucking remember frog in a blender that 90s flash cartoon oh yeah yeah yeah. it's that oh he just fucking blends these animals and drinks them like a slurry so he's making like like getting up in the morning he's like oh let's start with a little smoothie let's get a fucking rabbit in there and a couple of mice and okay. i know mango for potassium here we go and just fucking drinks these animals because he's crazy he is crazy but you can only drink so much blood, so he's always throwing up, and he's always sick because he's drinking blood. You're not supposed to drink blood. No, you're not. You're not supposed to drink blood. In 1977, he shows. Oh, this is why I was confused. He shows up, knocks on the door, and says, "Hi, I'm Richard," and shoots a man with a 22 caliber gun. That's why I was confused. Oh, okay. Um, does, does he know said man? It's in his neighborhood. Okay. He then kills Ambrose. Oh, uh, the man is Ambrose Griffin. He then kills uh, his wife, Teresa, who was three months pregnant at the time. Aww. Uh, fucks her. I want to point out in this order. Kills her. Then fucks her. Necrophilia? Sure is. Uh, while stabbing her. Takes... So, yeah. So, wait. Time out for a second. So, I'm, I'm picturing him thrusting into her. As, as he's thrusting into her with a knife. So I, I can't. I can't. I imagine. I imagined it like missionary, and he's just humping away. Sorry, you guys, humping away while also stabbing, while also trying to keep time with staying alive. Uh, so okay. it's just like uh, 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 staying alive, staying alive, blood splattering everywhere. Okay. Continue. So yeah, he removes her organs and her fetus, drinks the blood, cuts open her mouth, and fills it with dog poop. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Then he fucking leaves. Gets away with it. But he's in berserker mode at this point. Ugh. So he goes to a different house the next day, murders Evelyn Mirth and her boyfriend and her six-year-old son and their her 22-month-old nephew. Then he, uh, in my notes, it says, fuck slash eight Evelyn. And then he, she, he, he, he cuts open the six-year-old's head and eats the brains. Does he? Okay. This guy's hungry. How, how, okay. Yeah. Um, but Richard Chase is a crazy person, so he's not a smart person. And he leaves hand and footprints everywhere in blood. This is, oh, actually this was, uh, so the, they, they, Follow the blood. Yeah. And at the end of the blood is Richard. <laughs> so it's, it's Hi, like, Richard. It's like the, um, what's that story? Hansel and Gretel or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Oh, follow those breadcrumbs. Just... <laughs> so they follow the blood and there's Richard and they're like, Richard, did you kill all these people? And he's like, gotta keep the Nazi aliens away from me. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, Nazi whoa. aliens? How do you know about the Nazi aliens? Hmm. So obviously he's convicted I... guilty. Oh, yeah. He gets uh, six years. California does not have the death penalty at this point. Jesus Christ. So so he's he's uh, he's guilty on six counts of murder. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. They do. And he's sentenced the gas chamber. So this is... Oh, this is 79 at this point. Okay. So he's sentenced to, to die by gas. And as he's on the last mile awaiting death, all the other inmates start, like, verbally torturing him. And trying to convince him to kill himself. And he stops taking his medicine. At one point, a reporter went in 
and uh, to to interview him to be like, Richard, why did you do these things? And he he reaches in his pockets and takes out a bunch of macaroni and cheese and hands it to the guy, and he goes, "Don't eat the food." <laughs> They're poisoning me with the food. And you're like, yeah, you're he's a crazy person. Why are you interviewing him? Dahmer can give a straight answer. This guy can't. This guy can't. He's crazy. <laughs> he's capital C crazy. Um, and, and, and he starts telling him about how the Nazi aliens made him do it and how um, there's, you know, they're everywhere and all this, all this stuff that doesn't make any sense. Uh, eventually, he ends up killing himself by... Uh, storing up all his antidepressants and eating them all at once. Oh. So, like, instead of taking them, he'd hide it in his pillow, and then he just ate them all at once and killed himself before California could kill him. And that's Richard Chase, the vampire of Sacramento. I think I need a shower after that one. I've never heard of him until now. Yeah, it's uh, it's some shit. So, I got a question for yeah, you. Yeah, hit me. Where'd you hear, where'd you hear about him? Uh is that my favorite murderer? I think I think it might have been last podcast. I have to I have to I have to look. I it think up. it might have been. I don't. I'm not positive, but I remember hearing the drac the the vampire of Sacramento and going, "Oh, what was up with that guy?" And looking it up and being like, "Holy shit, I got to talk about this in the show." Oh, oh shit. Okay. I'm like, Steve's gonna love. I do rabbit smoothies. Oh, oh I don't. Know. Okay. Right. Well, with rabbit smoothies. It's time to take our first break, Steve. I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to not to not have rabbit smoothies. So um you guys don't go anywhere. We're gonna be we're gonna be right back with number two, three, number three. three. Number three guys. Top serial killer, stay tuned. Five. We're counting down your top five serial killers for Halloween. It's getting spooky. It's getting weird. People are drinking rabbits. People, people are, are fucking dead bodies. People are diddling other people when they shouldn't be. Steve, I'm afraid to ask, but I have to. It's my job. What is your number three serial killer? Taylor, are you ready to go back in time? Oh, let me get the machine warmed up. To um, 1888. 1882. 1888. Steve, what could possibly be happening in 1888? We are going to the Whitechapel area of East London. Oh, jolly ho. What's... Why? Jack the Ripper. (gasps) He is my number three. I wish I had my orchestra sting. He was known as the Whitechapel Murderer. That's the original. And the yeah. leather apron. Just the leather apron? Yeah, that's all it says. Because so the reason he was called that is because yeah. Whitechapel is like, it is the slums. Right. And there's a lot of butcheries. Butcheries? Butchers? Butchers? Yeah, butchers. Slaughterhouses. Slaughterhouses in uh, Whitechapel. Some mm-hmm. of them walked around with bloody aprons and knives and everything. Right. So, so, So they thought he was one of these people. Okay, all right, that makes sense. I, I, I didn't know if they were just naming them after an inanimate object. No, they are not. Okay. Now, there were many murders in Whitechapel around this time. Okay. I'm talking about five of them, which are the Jack the Ripper murders themselves. Okay. So, I'm the ready. first victim of the Ripper, Marianne Nichols, was a prostitute in Whitechapel. Okay. 
her last few hours alive, she was trying to make money for a bed to sleep in. Not to fuck, just to sleep. Right, because... So she was like a homeless sex worker? Yeah, she was trying to stay at like a housing building. You could stay at like a tavern, right? Yeah, a tavern, yeah. yeah. That's what she was trying to... But she spent most of her money on booze. Oh, a fine choice if I do say so myself. <laughs> so she's trying to earn money back to, uh, you know, sleep. So not sleep on the filthy streets of London. Yeah, and this was on August 30th. She did not earn enough money <laughs> to stay in a nice Just couldn't sell bed. enough tail, I'm I guess. sorry. I didn't, I didn't know how else to say that. Well, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Around 3 a.m., Charles Cross found her body in front of a stable entrance. Her throat slit. Ooh. Twice. Twice. Why twice? I don't... I think he was trying to, like, decapitate the head. Ooh, and he just didn't make it through? He didn't make it through. Ugh. And her abdomen was mutilated. By a deep, jagged wound. Like with a knife? With a knife, yes. So, would you say he ripped her? Yes, I do say he ripped her. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> so, so, to set the scene, also, Whitechapel is not, doesn't have a lot of those gaslight, like, lanterns that right. most of London has, so it's, yeah. like, pitch black. Okay. And... There wasn't a lot of witnesses to see the murder happen. Okay. Because this is late at night. This is late at night. All right. All right. So the police find her body, and they're like, okay, we got murder on our hands. What else is new in Whitechapel, right, Taylor? What else? That's my neighborhood. I feel it. All right. The second victim, Annie Chapman, also a prostitute. Okay, I'm seeing the pattern. Was killed sometime in the morning of September 8th. Okay. Her body was discovered just before 6 a.m., on Hansbury Street, Splitfields. I guess it's like a small section in okay, that's Whitechapel. Like a, like a subsection of Whitechapel. Right. Her uh, throat was also slit and, ab- and abdominal wounds, too, just like Nichols. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was similar. So they're like, okay, well, now we got two cases out of the same. So okay. now they're like, okay, we got... Okay, so now they're thinking it's the same person. Now they're thinking it's the same person. Now, so the police are like, you know, saying they got the same people and the newspapers are running off with it. And they're mm-hmm. saying, you got this mad butcher on the loose. And, but now, like the aristocrats think that's one of them oh. killing these prostitutes. Interesting. So they think like, like a gentleman was going into the slums to kill, to kill hookers. Would you say a gentleman Jack? <gasps> no. Oh, uh, that wasn't loud enough. Hang on. We, wait, we gotta do that again. I need that to work. So, so you're saying a gentleman was just going into the slums to kill prostitutes? Would you say a gentleman Jack? Whoa, creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so we're moving on to the double event. Okay. The double event? Yeah, he kills twice in one night. <gasps> Elizabeth the event. Elizabeth Stride, the first one. The body was found Sunday morning, September 30th. About 1 a.m. in Duffield's yard. Sure. <laughs> Don't ask me these. In Squiggly's Peak. In Plumber's Bottom. Lying in a pool of blood, her throat cut from left to right, just like all the other victims. Okay. The body was not mutilated like the last murders. I, the theory is that someone, like, the did, murderer heard somebody coming. Oh, so like, he so he got finish. caught. So he had to, like, 
Maybe that's why he went on to the second one because he didn't get his rocks off the first. He's a thrill killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the next victim was Catherine Eddowes. Yeah, Eddowes. On September 30th, um, thrill slit left to right. Face and abdomen were mutilated. Her mm-hmm. intestines were drawn out over her right shoulder. Right. He oh. took he took half her kidney. What? Why half? I don't know. Or one of her kidneys. Why a kidney? Took the um, the womb. Oh. Ugh. And uh, that's about it for that victim. You gotta h- hack through the abdominal wall to get it. Ah, oh. that's horrifying. He then they started to think that this was like a doctor. Okay, because he'd know where to get a kidney, where to get a womb. Yeah, because I think at this point most men thought that the womb was located somewhere around a woman's left ear canal. So around this time, I'm gonna get ready to read another letter. Mm-hmm. The um, the murderer sends it to George Lusk. He is like the Whitechapel vigilante leader. He's not a cop. He's not Scotland Yard. He's Batman. Yeah, he's like the, the leader Whoa. of the neighborhood watch. Oh, okay. Alright, sure. Okay. And this letter is called From Hell. From Hell, Mr. Lusk. Sar, I send you half the kidney I took from the one woman preserved preserved it for you together. I fried and ate ate it. Ugh. He, I guess he ate half the kidney. Okay. It's very nice. Oh, I'm glad it's he enjoyed it. It's all spelled weird. For, like, for nice, it's got an S where the C should be. I wonder if that's just his poor spelling or if it's an old-timey way of doing it. It might be an old-timey way to do it. I may send you the bloody knife that, that it took out if you only wait a while. Signed, catch me when you can, Mr. Lusk. Ooh. It's not as creepy as the Son of Sam one. No, but the handwriting is creepy. Yes. Because I think it's all oh, it's done in blood, I think. Yeah. And then the final victim, Mary Jane Kelly. This is a big deal, right? Because she's the pretty one. She is the pretty one. The other ones were like in their 40s. They had mm-hmm. consumption. They were yeah. missing teeth. Yeah. Riddled with diseases. Oh, why would you bang these chicks to begin with? You're a sailor. Okay, I'll give you that. That's my guess. <laughs> but this one was the hot one. All right. She was murdered on Friday, the 9th of November, in a single room she lived in at 13 Miller's Court. Throat slashed. Dominique Canby sliced open. All of her organs were removed and spread around the room. Her face was cut up. Her breast was cut off. Ah. It was a gross scene. There is a picture. Oh no. Of it. Oh no. Give me a second to bring it up. Oh. It no, was disgusting. It, no. it the, it's all black and white, so you know, it's not a big deal. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. fine. I'll just have nightmares in black and white. See if I care. Let's see if see if this uh, is, it, oh. disgusting. We'll post it on the Instagram. What? Yeah. And oh. then there's a one more. Oh. There you go. Oh. Oh, you can barely even tell it's a human. You can't even tell it's a human. Yeah, you really it can't. It looks like a mummy. Yeah, it looks like the face is all caught up. There's it's nothing disgusting. left of that girl. It's disgusting. Jesus. No wonder we didn't forget this guy from 18 Dickety 2. And the crimes have never been solved. Because after that, it sort of stopped. 
Wait, what year was this? 88? Uh, 1888. <sighs> so the crime stopped after that. Yeah. But they never caught anyone. They never caught anyone. They had their suspects. Dave, they, who's Jack the Ripper? In eighteen eighty eight, it could have been the Jews. That's their theory. That's not my theory. <laughs> I remember because he left a star or something. They always blame the Jews. It's never the, their fault. Come what? on, guys. It's never the Jews. Um, there's a theory that, like I said, it was like an aristocrat. There's okay. a theory that it was someone from the royal family that did it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a theory that the man that Mary Jane, oh, what was her name again? Mary Jane Kelly was living yeah. with. Um, was obsessed with her. Okay. But she didn't need to go out and do prostitution like yeah, the yeah. other ones did. Right. So he thought, like, maybe if I kill these ones, she'll stop doing it. Oh. Trying to convince her back out on the straight and narrow. Yeah, but. Yeah, I guess that didn't work. But he, if he, yeah, he murdered the fuck out of her then. That's intense. Well, Steve, I got to tell you, I know who Jack the Ripper is. Who was Jack the Ripper? Tune in to find out to my number three. Oh, shit. Okay, I'm ready. My number three is H.H. Holmes. Oh. oh, I'm ready for this one. All right. Let me set the scene here. It's 1861. He's born. He's born as Herman Webster Mudgeon. Did you say Mudgeon? Mudgeon. Okay. Oh, Mudge. So he clearly needed to change his name to Dr. Henry Howard Henry Holmes. With a much better name. Uh, people uh, were, were saying that he's, uh, he took the name after Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. but he'd actually been signing documents H.H. Holmes before the first Sherlock story was published. So that's incorrect. Okay. There you go. Let's close that right that's now. That's pretty cool. Born in 1861 in New Hampshire. His parents were abusive Methodists. So they'd beat him, starve him, and his mother would get sick of the kids. So what she'd do is soak a a hanky in kerosene and just kind of like hold it over them until they passed out. Holy fuck. Yeah, and I'm thinking that caused some, some brain damage or something. But you never really know, because I think H.H. might be one of the smartest serial killers on here. He's definitely the most clever. He's a serial killer second. Number one, he's a flim-flam man. He's a fast-talking con artist. Ooh. So so imagine him. He's got a big old mustache. He's a handsome gentleman from 18 diggity-doo, um, which basically just means he doesn't have a big old goiter or like a tumor hanging off of his face. He looks like a normal human being. And at this point in America, he's what every man wants to be. A go-getter. A pull-him-up-by-the-bootstraps kind of guy. So he, as a kid... He's abused by the other kids because he's smart, mm-hmm. and they give him shit. And at some point, they they push him into a doctor's office and and push him into like like a, a skeleton that was hanging there. And I think some kind of thrill got into him between the adrenaline of getting beat up and getting and then getting touched by skeleton that he got really into dead bodies. <laughs> okay. Um. So so he he does what anyone does and he becomes a, a doctor uh he goes to university of michigan go badgers that's what's going no, on wolverines wolverines 
Wolverines. Wolverines. All right. Go Wolverines. <laughs> I wonder if they put that on anything. By the way, H.H. Holmes went here. Oh. I so, doubt that. I doubt it. So he, he becomes a doctor. He gets a doctorate, but um, what he works is as a pharmacist, which is big business at the time. Um, this is around when the pharmacy was also your local store, kind of. So you'd go and you'd get your, your malts or whatever bullshit uh, at the pharmacist, and then he'd he'd prescribe you cocaine <laughs> for whatever problem you had. Just cocaine. And uh, he moves... He gets uh, married in school uh, to Clara Loverlin in 1878. Aw. Aw. He has normal life right now. He was 17. Oh. Well, I guess that's fine back then. And he has a baby. So they have a little son, and that's cute. So then he moves to Chicago in 1886, away from his wife and his baby, and he never sees them again. Oh. Just leaves. The straight up just leaves? Up and leaves. Okay. We The only thing we have on her after that is she attempted to file for divorce, but couldn't find homes to, like, serve him papers. They didn't know where he went. This is a point where you could just get up and leave, and if you didn't tell the people in your town where you're going, no one would ever see you again. They're not going to look uh, you up on Facebook. That's true. It's 1886. We just got done with the Civil War. So he moves to Chicago, and this is big bump in Chicago. Chicago's like the Hollywood at this point because there's nothing in California, really. So Chicago at this time, Steve, I would like you to imagine the oldest buildings we have in Buffalo, Mm -hmm. City Hall perhaps, stuff like that. That's what Chicago looks like. Okay. So it's a booming lake town, and there's all this money flowing in and, and whatnot, and there's new buildings going up everywhere because they just had the great fire so they're redoing everything and all this money's flowing around and everything's uh fast and loose so he he gets in there he meets a couple who own a drugstore and um legend has it he murdered them and took it (laughs) what he actually did because murder is secondary to flim flamming what he does is he cons them out of it he basically says you know they're ready to retire and he says oh i'll i'll buy it from you on a payment plan is that okay and they're like yeah 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 no problem and he he buys it from them and just never pays them oh just never fucking pays them and somehow that's okay like he never nothing goes wrong with that and he starts his favorite con which is buying stuff on credit and never fucking paying it back so like he'd buy all the drugs and the equipment and stuff on credit sell it for cash have the cash never pay back the creditors and if they came looking for him, he'd be like, no, no, I'm H.H. H. Holmes. That says E.L. Holmes. That's someone else. <laughs> someone else. Because there's no ID. There's no yeah. credit history. There's nothing. They're going off a dickety nothing. That's true. So Flim Flam, and this is a prime place to be Flim Flam. Oh, my God. If I say Flim Flam one more time. So he's conning people left and right. Uh, one of his favorites, and he did this actually in college, is take out a life insurance policy on someone else and make Holmes, the primary, uh, the beneficiary of it. Mm-hmm. Then he'd fake that person's death with like a corpse he got at the morgue because he's a doctor. He can just walk in anywhere and be like, "Yep, that's my buddy. He died. Give me all his money. Give me all the money." Uh, and and then split it between the two people, supposedly. Okay. Or he'd pretend to be a person and also the beneficiary. Oh, and H-H a corpse Holmes. is in there somewhere. That's his favorite. Sometimes instead of replacing him with a corpse though, he just fucking kills them. 
So he goes through a lot of uh, a lot of partners. So anyway, uh, he starts what is becomes known as the Murder Castle. All right. So this is what he's most famous for. While he's working at the pharmacy, he starts construction on a mixed-use building, which will be storefronts in the bottom, including a new pharmacy for him, and then upstairs will be apartments and a hotel. So it's a three-story building. Okay. Two floors of hotel, one floor of businesses, takes up uh, about two or three plots on a city block. So mm-hmm. it's huge. It's a giant, uh, gilded-age brick monster. So he starts building that all on credit. So, like, he buys a safe, a big-ass, like, walk-in safe. Mm-hmm. Why anyone would need that, I don't know. Builds a safe, or buys a safe on credit, puts it in the house, and then builds a room around it. And then when they come to repo it, because he didn't pay for it, he goes, all right, you can take it, but I'll sue you to death if you break any of my property. And they can't get it out. Because he built safe. a room around it. And it's a giant safe. And so they just leave it. <laughs> he got free safe. He got free, free safe. safe. Remember that safe. All right. So he flim flams people left and right. And he starts bringing in all these different contractors. And he's like, all right, we're going to need a giant pool in the basement full of acid. And someone's like, what? And he's like, what? And they're like, what? And he goes, just build the pool. And they go, okay. And he goes, all right, pool's done. You're fired. All right, you come in. You see that pool needs to be filled with acid. Why? Don't ask questions. Fill it with acid. Okay, now you're fired. Now bring in another person. All right, I need a, a big pit. I need a couple of pits in this basement. They're like, okay. And he's like, great job building the pits. You're out of here. And then he buys a bunch of lye and like fills the pits with lye and lime, which dissolves bodies. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Um, And, and then he'd bring in a guy and be like, all right, I need a chute that goes to the basement, but never go in the basement. I'm like, what? And he's like building a greased chute. And he's like, great job. Now get out of here. And he brings in so many different people working on all sorts of different little parts. No one really knows what the whole house looks like. No one has any idea of where all these secret rooms go to and these trap doors and all this uh you know, gas piping. There's piping for gas going everywhere. No one knows where it ultimately ends up except for HH because he's this crazy. He's a sociopath. He's, he's, but he's incredibly smart. He's smarter than either of us by Mm -hmm. a lot. If I was in the murder hotel, I'd be like, I just met my new best friend, (laughs) HH. He said I could stay here for free. (laughs) (laughs) Gas. Are you dying over there? Gas. Um, I'd be in the grease chute going down. Wee! This is fun, HH, right in the vat of acid. Oh. So he has a control panel in his room where he can control the flow of gas to any of these rooms and just kill anyone at any time if he has to or if he wants to. For a flim-flam man, having a murder hotel is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he's going to rob them, but also why? Um, And eventually he moves in here he sells the old pharmacy so he sells the old pharmacy yeah. to someone from out of town he's like yeah yeah brand new pharmacy got all the all the pharmacy stuff come on move in ready and the guy gets there and he's like where's all the stuff and hh is across the street in his brand new pharmacy in the murder hotel like hi <laughs> just kidding oh from flams again all right everybody <laughs> what are you gonna do about it um so he starts the the Chicago World's Fair mm-hmm. starts, 
and or, or the Colombian Exposition, same thing. And it's huge. It's the most hyped event of the decade. So all these people are coming in, tourists from out of town. They all need places to stay and where to stay but the murder hotel. And HH would, uh, if a man came by and was like, I'd like to stay at this here hotel, he'd be like, ah, booked up, sorry, buddy. And if an attractive young single lady came by, he'd be like, right this way, don't you worry, plenty oh. of rooms. But the murder hotel, some rooms are just closets, like with a bed in them. Yeah. But some The hallways all wind and twist, and they had gaslighting at the time. And the gas lights were too far away from each other, specifically. Mm-hmm. So in between were just pitch black hallways. Oh, that's creepy. And they probably had a trap door. And HH was probably coming out of there to diddle you. Hi, how are you? Enjoying your stay? That's great. Come right this way. Grease shoot into murder. Fuck. So we don't... He's so professional about this and so systemized about this. We don't know how many people he's murdering and robbing to make all this work. Mm-hmm. But he ends up picking up an assistant at the pharmacy because this all comes to be a little much. And then, um, oh, also in 1886, he got married again. Aw. Yeah, good for he him. He found love again. He did. Aw. And then he found love again. Aw. Yeah, while he was married. Aw. Um, he felt he went for his uh, assistant's um, wife, Julia, and then he murdered her and her daughter. And someone found the body for that one. And he said, listen, I'm a doctor. She wanted an abortion. It went wrong. She died. Sorry about that. And they're like, where's the little girl? And he's like, who? <laughs> You're thinking about it. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Don't even worry about All it. Right. It's H.H. Holmes. And he's super charming. No one suspects shit. That's the worst part. No one suspects anything because he's just, hey, how are you? Here we go. Salesman guy. Here's my card. So he murders her. And then just murdering girls, and people are like, he murders the staff. They're like, where'd all the girls that clean the rooms go? And he's like, oh, they moved to California and never came back. They left all their stuff. Yeah, weird. Sell it. (laughs) He picks up Benjamin Peitzel as his henchman. I would like you to imagine him as any henchman, but super drunk. Okay. So if HH has to get, you know, buy a vat of acid... Or some cyanide, or something He's like that. He's got to go through his henchman. Peitzel is the one who does it, and they kind of work on flim flam projects together. Mm-hmm. Um, HH takes out a big ass insurance policy on Peitzel and just gives Peitzel the money to pay it, and then Peitzel buys booze. Oh, Peitzel! Because <laughs> Peitzel's a dumbass. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things that's going to get HH in a little trouble later, because. At the very last minute before they're about to cancel this big insurance policy because it hasn't been paid, you know, Holmes busts in. He's like, I've got the money here. And he just throws it in cash. And they're like, why is that guy paying this guy's insurance, life insurance policy? I don't know. So eventually he starts, you know, the wolves come to the door because he's swindling people left and right. Yeah. He's not paying for anything. And he goes, yeah, Chicago's a little hot. Let's get out of here. And he goes to somewhere a little less hot. He goes to Texas. Okay. I don't know. And that's where he tries to do the body swap with Peitzel, where he'd be like, okay, don't worry, Ben. What we're going to do is we're going to put, we're going to pretend you're a scientist. We're going to blow up a corpse. And then that corpse will pretend is you. And then you'll be safe. And then we'll both collect the money and split it. But instead of that, he just fucking kills Peitzel. 
<laughs> and and he tries to make it look like a lab explosion, but the only thing he blows up is his face. Oh. And and they're like, yeah, this guy's got a lot of chloroform in him, and he smells like chloroform, and he's clearly was killed by chloroform. And 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 H H is like, yeah, I'd like the money now, and they're like, yeah, we don't we don't know, buddy. So he goes back to. Peitzel's wife and he goes let me borrow your eldest daughter and we'll have her identify the body and and they're like my husband's dead he's like no 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 it's all a flim flam your husband's alive in London but he's not he's dead he's dead so HH <laughs> so HH starts bringing trying to collect this money so he keeps bringing different children different of Peitzel's kids and wife and trying to get the money and then he gets the money and then he's like we got to get out of town and his wife's like where are we going and he's like oh shit I've got to bring you with me because you know that I'm flim flamming these people so he takes Peitzel's three youngest children mm-hmm. and the wife and takes them both on a whirlwind tour of the northeast in Canada but separately so the wife never knows that Holmes also has the kids. And the kids don't know that Holmes also has the wife. So he's keeping them in, like, separate hotel rooms yeah. on the same block. And then, like, what? traveling with them one way, then coming back, getting the kids, traveling back, getting the wife, traveling over here, going back, getting the kids until he eventually gets fucking sick of the kids. So he takes a trunk. He takes the two daughters and puts them in the trunk. And he runs a gas hose in it fucking gasses these kids holy fuck yeah now he's less on flim flamming and more on the murder and he takes the little boy bashes his fucking brains in and buries him in the bottom in in a in the basement of a house he's renting this all comes to a head <laughs> i think he kills the wife too actually let me check my notes here no he doesn't kill the wife huh oh so eventually he's flim flamming his way all across and in Boston he gets busted for insurance fraud by the Pinkertons. Oh shit, the Pinkertons. Who have been fucking following him all over. They're like, what is happening? Now have they been following him since Peitzel's like They have. Okay. Because everyone's like, We're pretty sure this dude's trying to swindle us, but they're not following him for murder. They're following him for insurance fraud. Yeah. So when they start, like, looking for stuff and digging up basements and finding kid bones, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Cops bust him in the murder palace and they or the murder castle, and they open up. Oh, so he's gone back to the murder castle at this point. At this point, he's getting moved around to different places, okay. and everyone who knows him is investigating everything. They get a warrant for the murder castle, and, and uh, the cops are busting in there. They open up the safe, and they're like, well, this is weird, and it's stinky. And they look at the door, and there's a footprint on the door, of the steel door. And they're like, what the fuck is that? They realize the floor's covered in acid. He'd thrown a woman in there, locked her in, and then let her acid to death. And at some point, she'd kicked the door, and it left a burned her footprint into the door. And people are shocked. A lot of times they'll say Holmes is our first American serial killer. He's not. There were Western serial killers, but he's the first urban one. So people are losing their minds. They've never seen anything like this. At this point, it's 1895 or 97. He gets 
busted for in Boston in 1894. He gets busted in Boston, and they put him in jail. They bust him on nine confirmed kills. So he's he goes, he he's sentenced to death for nine. He confesses to 27. It's probably a lot more than 27. We're guessing up to 200. We don't know. The problem is. He's still a flimflam man, so we don't even know if it's twenty-seven. Yeah, we don't even we know it's nine. We know nine. Okay. We don't know how many more. So somewhere between nine and at the very, very, very most two hundred. I'm thinking it's probably around fifty. All right. So, in eighteen ninety-six, he's hung by the neck until dead. But he his neck doesn't snap. Oh. And he he strangles there. So, it takes him 20 minutes to die. Or did he? Okay. Or <clears throat> did he survive? How do you say, okay, so you're saying he faked a strangulation? Maybe he flim-flammed his way out of there, had someone else take the fall, moved to London like he said Peitzel was, and continued his bloody spree there as Jack the Ripper. Whoa, bum, bum, bum. No, no, he didn't. They okay. dug him up in 2017. It was him in a concrete coffin because he was afraid someone would take his body. You know, like he used to do. So, wait, like, was he buried in, like, Boston or Chicago? Chicago. Okay. Um, before he died, he was quoted as saying one of the most badass things I've ever heard. I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than a poet can help the inspiration to sing. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. That quote goes on to say, like, the evil one was my sponsor. And I'm like, ooh. Oh, shit. I got the chills. Um, I thought I had something else about him. I think, I think I'm, I think I'm good. But yeah, that's, that's H. Oh, the murder castle. A couple months after he died, it burned to the ground suspiciously. And in its place is something even more menacing. What? A post office. <gasps> bum, oh, bum, bum. Steve, that's serial killer H.H. Holmes. R.I.P. You ready for my number two? I don't know if I am with the look you're giving me. Well, get ready for some diddling. Because <laughs> we are covering one of the biggest diddlers of, all, of them all. John Wayne Gacy. Oh, shit. Sexually assaulted? Wait. Uh, rapist? Yep. Torturer? Of uh, teenage boys. Between 1972 and 78. In Cook County, Illinois. A suburb of Chicago. Chicago. It's the Chicago way. Whatever Sean, um, Sean Connery says in the Chicago way. He was... Um, they get a knife, you get a gun. They get a gun, you get a bazooka. I don't know. What yeah, he was known as the killer clown. Because he dressed up as a clown for events, parades, and children parties. Just to fuck with me now. Pogo or Patches the Clown. <sighs> I, saw a pic- I saw a picture of him in his clown makeup. I've seen a picture of him in his oh, clown makeup. Oh, it's fucking creepy as shit. It's, it's the worst. You, you guys... Check out the Instagram. It's the worst. It's the worst. Um, born March 17th, 1942. Okay. Named after 
John, John Wayne. Wayne, the actor, because his father loved John Wayne. There's a lot of John Waynes. Where was Oh, in Cook County? In Cook County. Huh. Uh, his father would regularly beat him mm-hmm. while he was growing up. Uh, JW, that's what I called him in my notes. <laughs> Always tried to get his father's approval. Yes. Never did. No. His father called him like a fruit picker or something. <laughs> so, or like, my son's not a fruit picker. It's like saying that my son's not gay or something. Or Little did he know. Little did he know. Well, JW was molested. Oh, my bad. Diddled. Diddled. By a family friend who was a contractor who would take him for rides in his truck and fondle him. <laughs> I think fondle's worse than diddle. <laughs> well, I like saying I like saying diddle now. <laughs> this sounds funnier. <laughs> I, you got you got you got to joke you got to joke a bit because we're talking about some really fucked up shit here. We gotta we gotta make light or else we're gonna make dark. So we're gonna jump ahead. Hit me to uh, like his adult years here. He, he was married twice. Uh-huh. This is during his first marriage. Now he joined the the JCs. It was like like a Freemason type thing or. It's like a it's like a club, like Knights of Columbus type shit. Yeah, yeah. Aren't they a, aren't they a religious? Yeah, it's like a they're religious. like a youth organization. Yeah. He so he joins one of these. Um, August sixty seven. He sexually assaults fifteen year old Donald Donald Borges. Oh, brother of Jason. <laughs> brother of Jason. Uh, Gary, uh, Gary, Gacy promised to show him <laughs> porno films. Tell me more about Gary. <laughs> Gacy's freaking me out. <laughs> And he got him drunk off alcohol and shit. And the kid is sort of forced to give him a blowjob. A blowjob. It says oral sex, but I wrote blowjob in my notes. Well, I mean, you're right. Yeah, I'm right. But I just, I don't know. It was late <laughs> at night, so I wrote blowjob. <laughs> um, he tricked several other kids during this time of, when he was part of the JCs. So Voorhees told his father. Uh-huh. Father called the cops. JW denied it. He fucking denied it. So he was just like, nope, didn't nope, do it. Nope, didn't do it. I'll take a fucking polygraph test. Failed it. <laughs> he fucking failed it. And he failed it. I'm getting really animated about this right now. You're all over the place. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You guys should see me. My hands are waving everywhere. It's everywhere. It's crazy. So he pleads guilty in 68. Okay. He's sentenced to 10 years. Right. For diddling. For diddling. Was granted parole within 12 months. What the fuck? For good behavior. He was diddling people. You know what he fucking did in prison? He made like a mini golf course for the prisoners. Oh, well, that's kind of sweet, but he's still a diddler. And he was he was paroled on June 18th, 1970, only serving 18 months of 10 years. What the fuck? That's what I wrote in my notes. I wrote WTF, mate. WTF, mate. Can you believe that? Can you fucking believe that he let him out after 18 months? I'm just so upset, Steve. Oh, shit. Someone... <laughs> that pissed off Alex. Oh, I didn't think our intern was going to come into this. <laughs> I was hoping he wouldn't, but here we are. <laughs> so, um, he gets married again. He tells his wife, hey, we can't have sex. Just, just we can't. So a, his wife? Yeah. He's just like, I don't have sex. I don't have sex anymore. How'd she respond to that? She was like, oh, okay. Nice Midwestern what do, wife. What do you fucking say to that? We're not having sex anymore. So. I want a divorce, I guess. Well. That's grounds for a divorce in a lot of religions. Yeah, well, they didn't get divorced for a while. No. 
So in February 1971, we're still on diddling, by the way. We haven't even got to murder yet. It's just just diddling. He was charged with sexual assaulting a teenage boy that he picked up at a Greyhound bus terminal. Mm-hmm. He brought him back to his house and forced him to have sex. The case was dismissed because the youth never showed up. So there's a theory is that he killed the kid, but he never confessed to it. We don't know. We don't so know. We don't know what happened to that kid. So now we're jumping to the murders. Okay. Oh, God. Thank God. No more diddling. Oh, wait, God. no, wait. They're still diddling. Oh, thank God. Murder. <laughs> I'm so glad I can have the palate cleanser of murder. murder. <laughs> Mind you, he's the clown. Six. Stop, Alex. He's we're re- doing murder. <laughs> Mind you, he's probably Pogo the Clown at this point. Oh, Jesus. Um, and JW picked up. Timothy McCoy at the Greyhound bus terminal. It's a great place to meet, guys. And apparently, on January 2nd, 72. Okay. I guess he was trying to go from, like, Michigan to Omaha for, like, to see a concert or something. Never go to a concert. That's how you get murdered. Never, never stop, stop at a Greyhound bus terminal, apparently. Never take a bus. So, um, never go anywhere, lock your door, stay You know, he, he brings him back to his house. His wife's staying at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. And Gacy wakes up in the morning. Yep. And McCoy's standing there in the doorway with a knife. Okay. And picture Gacy, because he's a heavy set guy. Yeah, he's a big guy. Spring out of bed. Okay. And the two fight. And Gacy stabs him repeatedly because he gets the knife from him. Why did he have the knife to begin with? Come to find out, he was just cooking him breakfast. What the fuck? So he jumps out of there like Alex Jones, just and, and oh fuck, that's scary. He he didn't he like he didn't know what to do, so he buried the boy's body in what would be like known as the Gacy's burial ground yeah. in the crawl space, right of his house. So, his first kill was accidental. Yes, but... Betty loved it. Yes, he did love it. He said that he felt drained, but had a numbing orgasm. Okay, so this is what, what gives him a big old boner. Yes, and he said, that's when I realized death was the ultimate thrill. Ooh, that's scary. So, he would, you know, go pick up these teens. He would... Forced to fuck him. He forced them to fuck. Right. Then he would murder them, and then he would bury them in the crawl space. He would do this trick called the handcuff trick or the rope trick. Okay, what's that? That's where he was like, oh, I'm going to show you this handcuff trick. So he puts, you know, handcuffs the boys yeah. so they couldn't fight back. So he just handcuffs them? Yeah. Oh, was he trying to be like, look, see if you can get out of them. See these. if you can get out of them. Oh. But one of the victims... Well, I can't can't really call him a victim because he escaped. Right. He this kid that escaped from Gacy was like a wrestler. Okay. And he just kind of wrestled Gacy to the ground and kind of won. So the kid escaped, but also this kid worked for Gacy because Gacy was also a contractor, like the man that diddled him when he was <gasps> a kid. He grew up to be the diddler. Mm-hmm. That's what happens to most. Uh, that's a diddled yeah children. No, that's a real that's a real thing. Yeah, that's it's, a real it's thing. Fucking tragedy. So, you know, like I say, he continues to do it, and the smell from his house is just getting worse. He's still and married? He's still married at, so far at this point. So his wife is just living in the stinky house not getting fucked? Yeah. That's not okay. And she's not allowed to go in the garage. No, Because that's where he does 
That's where he diddles? Diddles and murders. Okay. And takes pictures. Eventually, she does divorce him. She leaves. So, it's just him in this house. So, his... So, we're going to jump ahead now to his, like, final victim. JW's final victim was Robert Peast. He picked him up at a pharmacy. His family filed a missing persons report when he didn't come home. Right. Gacy took him back and it's like, oh, I have your handsome gun. We take pictures of you and shit like that. Yeah. And he murders him. He can't bury him in the house anymore. Because there's too many bodies there's in there? There's too many bodies, so you just chucked his body. So he just ran out of space for he, bodies? He ran out of space, yeah. See, this is this is why you got to get a house with a basement. And just chucked him in the uh, Death Plains River. Okay. It's in Chicago. Whips him into the river, just yeah. Just whips him into the river. Wait, so, is it the Des Moines River? No, it doesn't say Des Moines. Okay, I misunderstood. So the, the police go and interview the people at the pharmacy, and they're like, oh, yeah, I, last time we saw him, he was talking to our, our contractor, uh-huh. John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, and they're all like, yeah, John's a good guy. Yeah, John's a good guy. Go talk to him. So they go talk to him, yeah. and John's like, oh, no, I haven't seen him. But they could smell something from his house. Right. So they set up surveillance, and they're following him all over Chicago. Right. And they got to the point where... While he's under surveillance, Gacy invites these two cops out for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And this is the most infamous thing he ever says. You know, clowns can get away with murder, too. Where the fuck would he say that? Because he's being a cocky son of a bitch. You're right, because he, think he thinks he, he can't caught. get caught. So, so eventually they got a search warrant for the house. Good call. So while one of the detectives is distracting Gacy, uh-huh. the officer is going through the house. He goes down towards the crawl space. He sees like a femur. Oh. He yells, arrest this man right now. Oh, shit. So like Gacy's outside with another cop. Mm-hmm. And they arrest him. And he confesses to countless murders of missing teenage boys. Jesus. Uh, his trial began on February 6, 1980 for 33 murders. Okay. I feel like there'd be a lot more than that, but... But that's what they busted him on. Yep, and he is sentenced to death. Good call. On May 10th, 1994, Gacy was put to death, I think by by lethal ejection. His final words were, kiss my ass. It's a hell of a final words. And John Wayne Gacy... Just buggering left and right. Yeah, oh, by the way, to get the search warrant, they call him buying weed. Oh. Or selling weed or something like that. Cute. So Probably to some little boy he wanted to diddle Diddle. later. Mm. A lot of diddling. Got a lot of diddling. That's a diddler. I know I I skimmed over a lot of like the murders, but how much can you talk about? How how many were there? 33. So he could fit 32 in his crawl space? He fit a lot in his crawl space. That's a big crawl space. But he, like I say, eventually got filled up. That's so gross. I know he wasn't dressed like a clown during all of it, but I imagined him dressed like a clown during all of it. Oh, apparently he... Oh, dude, he hid two bodies under the garage, yeah. a body under the dining room. Ugh. Oh, I think I remember seeing a diagram of where all the yeah. bodies were hidden. Most of them were in the crawl space, and then some of them, like I, like one, two, three, four. Four bodies were thrown in that river. Do you think if his father hadn't abused him for being a little queer, he could have just grown up to be gay? Like, not having to diddle boys. You could just have, you know, 
What what Alex Jones calls gay sex? Probably, yeah. I think he also wasn't he like a prominent member of like the Democratic Party in Chicago or something like I, that. Or? I think I know him and another serial killer were prominent members of um of a political party, but I don't remember which one. Yeah. Either well, you know, this is the late eighties. No, he probably couldn't be a party member. No, and be gay. So that's John Wayne for you, Gacy. Yeah, make sure I say Gacy. Gacy. That's John Wayne. <laughs> All diddle, you pilgrim. Uh, oh, Steve, that's uh, that's intense. But I'm gonna be honest with you. That's nothing compared to my number two. Oh shit. Steve, this is uh, this episode has been a long time coming. We've known for a long time we're doing it, and I have had nothing but nightmares since I started researching my number two. All right. The Werewolf of Wisteria, The Gray Man, The Fucking Boogeyman, Albert Fish. Oh, fuck. Albert Fish is what haunts me. Albert Fish is what's in my closet. Albert Fish is what's under my bed. Albert Fish is what's in my backseat when I drive home on rainy nights. My fear of Albert Fish will not die. I I have started handing out weapons to people I love to protect them from Albert Fish. I know. You didn't give me a fucking weapon. I said people I love. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Steve, you don't need one. You got that you got that Italian attitude. Yeah, you just I got get the that, hands going. I got the hands going. Lock them oh. out. We can't get close to you. Those hands. Just left, 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 fucking picking apples from trees. Picking apples and throwing them out. Um, okay. Albert Fish was raised in an orphanage since he was five. Uh, it was a Catholic or- orphanage. And the nuns would strip the boys naked and beat them. Uh, they'd whip these kids. And uh, Albert saw that and was like, oh, yeah, that's the stuff. So oh, He liked it. He liked it he a liked lot. liked it from a nun, huh? So is at an early child in a development you know, stage, your first boner means a lot. And he got his watching little boys get beat. And that stuck with him for his entire life. Oh, he's an old timey guy. So, uh, this is, uh, 18 dickety two here. This is, this is 18, 1870 something. I didn't write it down, but by 1892, he gets in a, uh, good old fashioned, uh, gay relationship with the messenger boy that he then takes way too far. So he's diddling the messenger boy, and it's it's fairly consensual. I think the messenger boy might have been a little slow, so I'm not positive. How oh my god, diddling, it is. diddling us! Yeah, they were diddling each other, and then he got into uh, sadism. So he starts, you know, slapping around the messenger boy as they're diddling, and then he gets into uh, eating his poop. Wait, he was eating his. The- the eating eating poop. Okay. Drinking pee. He likes the poopy pee-pee. Albert Fish is an old, monstrous man with a wispy mustache. He's gray and bent and gaunt and thin. And he acts like a fucking degenerate child. It's horrifying. So you got to imagine this guy with this... Hit up that Instagram. I swear to God, you guys, you need this. Just this thin, gray, paper-skinned old man... Just poo poo stuck in his mustache because oh. he's been eating poo poo all day. Oh, 
so him the messenger boy he he tries to circumcise the messenger boy but he gets away so he ties him up tries to circumcise him he gets away he only cuts off a little bit of his wee-wee which oh. albert in all of his writings um calls the penis a monkey he says that's i he'll say things like i tried to eat his monkey but it was too chewy and that is somehow grosser to me than if he had said anything. I'm like, you're a grown man. Call it a cock. God damn it. Um, so enjoy that, Steve. That's in your brain now. Uh, look at monkeys. No. Mm, monkey. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm confusing the messenger boy with someone else. But it's the same thing. He gets married. He gets married. To he gets 19, married? He gets married to a 19-year-old. Uh and has six children. Oh, those poor children. And um, he would play games with the kids, like Buck Buck, How Many Hands Up, where he would, they would, he would close his eyes, and they'd, you know, raise a certain number of fingers, and he'd try to guess the number. If he was wrong, they got to beat him with a paddle the number of time, number of fingers that were up. Oh. Which is adorable, oh. but he fucking loved it. So he's getting off, and these kids whacking him in the ass with a paddle paddling him and he's like oh yeah paddle me Ah. so he gets into the habit of uh i'm gonna once again the minorities black children and the handicapped because the police don't care it's 18 dickety it's 1890 maybe maybe he's the maybe he's jack the roper maybe he's jack the roper Hmm. no that doesn't line up no, that doesn't line up. No. That doesn't line up. It was 1888. All right. Because so, the, the police won't investigate this. At some point, he actually goes to Sing Sing for embezzlement <laughs> as a young man. Uh, gets out. Not a big deal. Uh, and he gets... Uh, yeah, so he, he starts off, you know, diddling this and diddling that. His wife leaves him, but he has custody of the children. He's got custody of the children? He gets custody of the children. And the children, he never molests his children. Oh, okay. All right. To the devil's credit, he never molested the children, but he would do weird things. And they grew up with this, so they were just used to it. So, like, one day he got naked and rolled himself up in a rug. And the next morning, like, his daughter comes downstairs and is like, what are you doing, Dad? And he's like, St. Peter told me to roll myself up in this rug. And he's always punishing himself. So, like, there's stories of his son finding a paddle with spikes in it that he'd just, you know, flag, flog himself with while oh. jerking off. Um, and just being like, okay, never going to talk to Dad about that. He would take pins, like mm-hmm. long pins and needles, and he'd push them into his body. And he'd usually push them into his taint. Steve, you can feel that right now, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. So can our listeners. Enjoy that. Needles in your taint. Continue. These are the crimes we know he committed. Um, In Long Island, he kidnapped a boy named Francis McDonald. He strangled him with his own suspenders after diddling him. Then he kidnapped a boy named Billy Gaffney, who was playing in a tenement building in Brooklyn. When Billy's friend, who was also named Billy, uh, was asked, where's Billy? His friend said, the boogeyman took him. And he wasn't wrong. Oh, shit. He he confessed to say that he ate Billy like a turkey 
in the oven. Oh, oh, he ate Billy like a turkey? Yes. The fuck? This is what he's known for. Actually, let's get before this. Albert went to, um, got put in a same asylum for uh, sending dirty letters. He would put an ad in the paper for, like, secretary wanted or, like, house nurse wanted. Mm -hmm. And then he'd send them filthy letters. But he'd put his own address on it in case they wanted to reply. And eventually the police picked him up and they're like, are you crazy? And he's like, no, this is just fun. And they're like, okay, have a great day. Stephen, I will give you an option. You have two options. All right. You can hear one of the dirty letters he sent to a lady. All right. Or you can hear one of the letters that he sent to a victim of uh, a child he murdered. Ooh, let's do the the victim to the child. You don't actually have a choice. I'm reading both. Oh, so why did you tell me I had a choice, you bastard? <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> to make you feel like I... I was going to say, if you picked this one, I was still going to read you the second one anyway. <laughs> All right. This is what Fish writes. I wish you could see me now. I'm sitting in a chair naked... The pain is across my back, just over my behind. When you strip me naked, you will see a most perfect form. Yours, yours. Sweet honey of my heart, I can taste your sweet piss, your sweet shit. You must pee-pee in a glass, and I shall drink every drop of it as you watch me. Tell me when you want to do number two. I will take you over my knees, pull up your clothes, take down your drawers, hold your mouth, my mouth to your sweet honey fat ass. And eat your sweet peanut butter Jesus. as it comes out fresh and hot. That is how they do it in Hollywood. Oh, my God. So he gets arrested for this because that's fucked up. That's extremely fucked up. And uh, he, he does it all the time. That's his whole career. Half of his job is doing that. He just loves it. And he, he gets taken to the asylum and they basically just let him right back out. What he's known for is... Uh, uh, kidnapping and, and murdering Grace Bud. So one day he sees an ad in a paper and it's basically strapping young man looking for work. And he says, all right, I'll stop by. Goes to this kid's house and this is like a, you know, 17 year old guy. He's, he's looking for work on a farm and, and uh, Fish shows up, gives him a fake name. It's like, hmm, I suppose I could hire you. You're a strapping young man. And he's thinking, oh, I'm going to take this kid somewhere, fucking murder him and diddle him and do whatever else he does. And then he comes back. He says, you know, give me a couple of days and I'll come back and fetch you. Be ready to go. You're going to work on my farm upstate. This is all a lie. Mm -hmm. And he comes back to these people's house and he has a fake name. I think it was Howard something. Uh, and he brings strawberries and he makes it look like he's a rich man. He's throwing a little money around, a little cheddar. And he sees their daughter comes home, their, like, five-year-old daughter, ten-year-old daughter, mm -hmm. Grace. And he goes, change of plans. And he goes, guys, you can't come up to the farm today. I have to go to a birthday party. But you know what? It's for my little niece. And wouldn't you like to go, Grace? Would you like to come with me to this thing? And these these this family is dirt poor. So they're shocked that this rich man is coming in he's kind of like taking his money out of his pocket and counting it putting it back in and all mm -hmm. this stuff and they're like they don't want to offend him because he could turn their lives around by giving their son a job this is depression era at this point this is like the mid-20s okay or the late 20s so it's it's going he they let grace, grace go, with him. go with him 
and then he doesn't come back. And then they go to the police and they realize it's a fake name and he gave them a fake address. Not just a fake address, but an address that doesn't exist. Was it like one, two, three fake street? Yeah, it was like like five hundredth and broad, and they're uh, like five hundredth doesn't intersect with broad. Um, it's in New York City. And time goes on, and uh, years go on, and they never find out who killed Grace until the gossip, uh, a gossip journalist for the paper. Um, started printing stuff about it and he was like oh i know who did it and he's a real piece of shit it was this guy and that guy and albert fish is seeing this and they're arrogant bastards so he's like that's not right that's not who i am i'm the one who killed her so he starts writing letters to the family and uh steve you now have to hear it and so do our listeners i'm ready i'll give you the shorthand sorry i read ahead So he says, on June 3rd, 1928, I called you at 406 West 15th Street and brought you pot cheese and strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat on my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her. On the pretense of taking to her party, you said yes, she could go. I took her to an empty house in Westchester I had already picked out. When we got there, I told her to remain outside. She picked wildflowers. I went upstairs and stripped all my clothes off. I knew I did not want to get blood on them. When all was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in the closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and tried to run down the stairs. I grabbed her. She said she would tell her mama. First, I stripped her naked. How did she kick, bite, and scratch? I choked her to death. Then cut her into small pieces so I could take the meat to my rooms, cook, and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. Oh. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though. I could have if I wished, but she died a virgin. Did this say I, I could have fucked her? Yeah. Yeah, I did, Steve. How you feeling, Oh, buddy? my God, dude. I don't feel good. Albert Fish lives in your closet. Are you happy He's now? naked. Are you fucking happy now? I'm happy that this is out of my head and into yours. The cops bust him from this letter because he's a dumbass and he probably put his address on it. I honestly could barely make it this far. So, obviously, he's sentenced to death for this and everything else. He has a confession letter. It's 20 pages long. He gave it to the uh, public defendant. The public defendant said that this is the worst thing I've ever read and no one will ever see this ever. And no one ever did. What do they do? Just burn the damn thing? He kept it. It's public. It's like a record, but no one's ever seen it. So we don't know what's on it. They gave him an x-ray at some point, and he had 29 needles still in his body. Oh. And they gave him the chair at Sing Sing. I'm not sleeping tonight, you bastard. Albert Fish lives in your closet, and he's naked, and it wants you to spank him. <laughs> but really, you got to check out a picture of Albert Fish. He is—I I looked it up a, while we were yeah, uh, while you were talking. He is a gaunt nightmare of a man, just this old, broken man who will suddenly turn into a furious animal and strangle a child with his own suspenders. And that's the world we have to live in. And I don't think that much has changed that this can't happen or does happen. Well, I'm ready for our second break now after that. I'm really ready for a break. <laughs> if 
you thought that was fucked up, wait till we come back again. time we have to go over our number one serial killer we've all been through a lot you have i have so steve has deadline's been happening we've all had our fill of deadline steve it's gonna be more deadline isn't there <laughs> actually yeah there is all right let the deadline begin steve who's your number one serial killer he's a handsome man a handsome man mr theodore Robert Bundy. Would friends call him Ted? Yes. Oh, shit. It's Ted Bundy, It's everyone. Ted Bundy. We all knew he was coming at some point. You're putting him number one, Steve? I'm putting him number one for me. That's fair. And to be fair, though, like, when people do, like, their serial killer list, it's always, like, Dahmer, Bundy, and Gacy. They're always, like, interchangeable for... You know, it's hard to separate those guys. Yeah. I think those are really uh, the key serial killers you learn about when you start looking at serial killers. Exactly. All right, you ready? <sighs> yep. Tell me about Ted. Born November 24th, 1946. Okay, that's a while ago. That's, yeah. He's a serial killer, of course. Kidnapper. Mm-hmm. Rapist slash diddler. Ah, oh, diddler. Burglar. He burgles, okay. And he was a necrophilia. Oh, I didn't know that. And he liked to uh, bang some of his... Uh... He liked to diddle the dead? Yeah, he did. He's a dead diddler? He was a dead diddler. He's a zombie? Confessed to 30 homicides. Oh, shit. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure there was a lot more than that. But that's what he confessed to. That's what he confessed to. In seven states, between 74 and 78. Uh, the true count, like I said, is unknown. Mostly higher than what we think. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like... What's the highest you actually think? For Ted Bundy? Yeah. I couldn't even tell you. I might say over 100. I know they keep finding missing persons and going, oh, skeleton number 23 was your son that went missing in the 70s or whatever. Yeah. Like, they keep going. Well, I think he only he pretty much just killed women. Yeah. But they were like, yeah, we, we think this person might actually be killed by Ted Bundy. So we're going we're gonna to get straight to the killing. Let's hit it. We're just going to skip through his childhood. Yep. Him going off to college. Let me guess. He got diddled? Yeah, probably. All right. I don't remember. I don't know. So, uh, January 4th, 1974, Bundy entered the apartment of 18-year-old Karen Sparks and bludgeoned her while she slept with a metal rod from her bed frame. Oh. Oh, I forgot about this part. Oh, oh, mind no. you guys, this is all in Washington. Oh, no. Okay. He, oh, he sexually assaulted her with the same metal rod. Oh, after she was dead? While yeah, she was alive? After she was dead? After she was dead, I guess. What the fuck? Oh, wait, no, wait. She survived. Oh, no. <laughs> That's worse. God. That's worse. I apologize for that. I not I not my notes yet. I wish she had just been dead. Permanently, she is permanently, physically, and mentally disabled. Jesus God. That's his starting crime? There's a crime that he confessed to that he tried to burgle in Jersey. Oh, I'm sure he did arsony 
burglary, animal torture, I'm sure the whole pretty shebang. Much, I'm pretty sure he pissed his bed, too. He seems like a bed pisser. Oh, Jesus. All right, anyway, let's continue on. You know, Albert Fish was a bed pisser, too. Was he? Yeah, but then he just drank it. <laughs> February 1st the same year. He pissed other people's beds. He beat Linda Ann Haley unconscious. Oh. Dressed her in blue jeans, <laughs> a white blouse, and boots, and carried her away. Okay. While she was dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so, yeah. I, we, I don't know. It doesn't say what happened to her. I, I'm i guessing he took her up to his um now famous Bundy burial ground up in, like, that state park. Right. Which we'll get to in a little bit. But he would continue to pick up women. By using these techniques. Mind you, he broke into these two that I told you about. Mm -hmm. He would fake a leg injury. Right. He would ask them to help him carry some heavy items to his famous tan or brown Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, yes. Yes. Very famous. I originally had yellow, then I had to reread it and said tan. So I think you might be confusing that with a yellow Ford Galaxy. Yes. I'm sorry about that. So he would... Knock them unconscious uh-huh. when they're like in the Volkswagen and then murder them some other place. Oh, I wonder if that's how he got away with it because he wasn't murdering them where he well, found the, them. The, the back passenger seats were taken out the, like, and the side passenger seats were taken out. And he had like a, how did he, how he had did like he... a club underneath like the, the tire area uh-huh. and just bash them. Oh, God. And, you know, the, the police are like, oh, he also had a fake police badge. Forgot about that, too. What did he do with it? He'd be like, ma'am, um, someone broke into your, uh, you know, car. Can you come with me? And they go to his Volkswagen for their police car. What is, I think that seems like a red flag. <laughs> well, apparently not. Apparently, because he was so charming and handsome. These girls were like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm the pretty policeman in the tiny car with no seats in it. Um, the, uh... Samf- the Samsonish State Park would become his burial ground in um, Oregon or Washington. Okay. And that's where he buried his bodies and fuck them too. Ugh. He kept some of the heads. No. Oh, yeah. Trophy killer. Trophy killer. Process killer, product killer. He's into the whole shebang. So um, he moves to uh, Salt Lake City in 1974. Mm-hmm. September 2nd. He raped and strangled an unidentified hitchhiker in, in Idaho. I know it says I know he moved to a Seattle, but he went to Idaho to do this. Okay. God bless him. He's, he's, he's a traveling he's man. He's a traveling man. Papa was a rolling stone. Um, October 18th, Melissa Ann Smith, the daughter of the police chief. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I had to read that twice. That's a I terrible idea. Of um, like a subdivision of Salt Lake City disappeared a body was found in a nearby mountainous area nine days later was it hers yeah it was hers he continued to kill in utah using all the same old tricks there was a part in um also up in like oregon or washington there was like a beach area Mm -hmm. he asked someone to help him with the can you help me get my sailboat off the the trailer and she's like oh sure yeah never seen again what the fuck wait didn't didn't um, didn't Buffalo Bill do that in in uh? Yeah, because um, because he, he was, was like, help me, help me get this. Bundy was like the inspiration for uh, Buffalo oh, Bill and Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So um, like all these like 
you know, kidnappings. They all have like some witnesses. They all, and he all, he uses his name. He uses Ted. Just hi, I'm Ted. Yeah. Like, okay. Hey. All right. He so, probably doesn't think he can get caught. So they eventually like the Salt Lake City Police eventually hook up with the um, the Washington Police, and um, they're like, yeah, we would keep getting the same Ted and keep getting this Volkswagen mm-hmm. identified. So an officer sees this Volkswagen. Bundy's pulled over for speeding, of all things. Right. Speeding. Well, that's what you get busted on. The officer noticed that the passenger seats and the rear seats were removed. Uh, he's detained. They find ski masks, handcuffs, rope, an ice pick, a crowbar, and trash bags. So he's going to the dump. <laughs> he's to he's doing bury he was his crowbars. He was um leaving at uh a neighborhood speeding, so he was scouting a victim. Right. The police didn't have enough evidence to to hold him. Oh no. But he was placed under twenty four hour surveillance. Okay. Good. Good step. Bundy tried to sell his beetle to some teen, but the police impounded it, and they brought in the FBI and they found strands of hairs of like missing victims. Okay. And um, a victim that escaped from Bundy <laughs> met up with a support group of men who escaped from Dahmer, got married. <laughs> no, no. Uh, help identify Bundy in a lineup. Okay. So he is arrested and he is, you know, put for trial for the kidnapping. February 23rd, 1973. On June 30th of that year, he was sentenced to serve a max of 15 years in Utah State Prison. Okay. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. But, but he, they but, just but, have him on kidnapping. they have him. But they have him. They have He's him. in the system. He's already killed, like, God knows how many people. He's women off already. the streets. He's off the streets. During his prison time, Bundy notices that the the ceiling of his cell is kind of old and falling apart. Mm-hmm. He loses enough weight. Oh, no. And he kind of... Like in Shawshank, but Shawshank was the sidewall. Yeah. This is the ceiling. Okay. He's able to cut a hole or like, you know, carve a hole out. What? And crawl through it. No. He, I think, I think he said he was down to like 130. Okay. I don't know how much he weighed before that. He was kind of like a, a, a broad guy. He was a broad guy. So he dropped, he probably Good looked as guy. skinny as me at this Good point. guy. And you know when this happened? Mm. During Christmas vacation of the prison. <gasps> so everyone's like... The Christmas break, yeah. There's no one there. Yeah, everyone's at home with their families. There's like one guy. He caught a bus to Chicago. So he gets out. He gets he out. He just gets on a bus. He just gets on a bus. Is he wearing like striped pajamas? <laughs> I'm sure he stole some clothes on the way. Okay. And then he was off to Florida. Sunny Florida. Where he belongs. Where he, where everyone belongs. <laughs> January 15th, 1978. In the early hours, Bundy emptied, uh, uh, sorry, entered Florida State University sorority house. Shy Omega. Go, Shy Omega. Go Seminoles? Go Seminoles, exactly. Make some go hey, I got one. You got one. I got one. <laughs> he first bludgeoned Margaret Brown, 21, with oak firewood while she slept. Lisa Levy, 20, strangled her, tore off her nipple. What? Yeah. And bit deeply 
mind you, deeply. You say deeply. I believe deeply. Into her left butt cheek. Oh, I just took a big old bite of butt. I didn't think you could rip off a nipple with your teeth. Oh, he did with his teeth. Yes. I heard a beaver did it once. Kathy Kleiner, he broke her jaw. Okay. Is this all in one night? This is all. This is a matter of 15 minutes. Holy shit! 15 minutes. So this is his berserker mode. This is his berserker mode. Karen Chandler, <coughs> excuse me, broken jaw, crushed fingers, and she lost some teeth. So he's just beating her. Well, he beat the last two, but he killed the la- he killed the first two. Jesus. Like I said, all, the attack took about 15 minutes, and it was heard by 30 witnesses. Holy shit. And this is 30 early. witnesses, so everyone's like, yeah, he was there doing it. This it was, was early up. in the morning. One of the witnesses saw, a, like, a male figure, mm-hmm. like, leaving. Yeah. Like, the sorority. All right. Now, you know, the country's notified that Ted Bunny's on the loose. Okay. Because, you know, like, you hear about what he's... He's escaped from prison. Enemy number one. He's, enemy, he's public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So his last victim was 12-year-old... Kim Leach. She was partially mummified. What? Yeah. And was found in a pig. She was found near a pig shed. Let's just leave it at that. Okay, so he's got time to mummify chicks now? Yeah. By the, uh, oh, God, Jesus. Swami River State Park. Swami River. Oh, by the way, guess what he's got again? What? Oh, did you get another Volkswagen? He got another Volkswagen. What the fuck? He loves it. I put yeah. L- Yo, you want to know I put LOL next to that, too. Is that, that, was funny. is that why they're not making the Volkswagen anymore? Yeah. No, maybe. You hear that? They're oh, not making the Beetle. Yeah, no funny. more Beetles. He's so, going to be upset. So he was stopped by the Alabama state like border mm-hmm. of like Florida by Officer David Lee. Once again, probably was speeding. That was before he joined up with uh, Van Halen, right? Yes. David Lee. Oh, that's David Lee. Wrong. Um, Lee found out the car was stolen. He told Bundy he was under arrest. It's too fought. Okay. So Bundy kicked the legs out of um, Officer Lee. Okay. Dropped his gun, but Lee was able to get up, and they started to fight over the gun. Okay, so this guy, a lot of serial killers just little creeps. This dude's like, I'll fight a cop. Yeah. Yeah, because like Dahmer was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to jail, officer. So um, in the car, they find... The Florida State University ID cards of what he did of the women he beat to hell and murdered, mm-hmm. and stolen credit cards. He stood trial in 1979 for those murders. They used dental records mm-hmm. to prove it was him because yes. of the uh, the bite marks in the butt and the nipple. <laughs> so they took a mold of his teeth. Okay, and then we didn't need it. We didn't need to question it. <laughs> No, we didn't need to question it, but they used that. That's fair. I guess you want evidence. You, be- you want evidence. Can you believe that? That's fucked up. So. Well, you know what? That's concrete evidence as opposed to just like, I saw a guy. <laughs> so February 10th, 1980, he is sentenced to death. <gasps> that's my birthday. 1980? I mean, not in 1980, oh. but that's still my birthday. Oh, yeah, February 10th. Uh, <laughs> to be killed by the electric chair. Okay. So during like his time on death row. This, like, FBI profiler comes in, uh-huh. and he starts interviewing... A mind hunter, if you will? Yeah, he starts interviewing Bundy. I don't have him, 
because the quality's so bad. Yeah. They're like his confession tapes. You've probably heard them on. Yeah, because they're on a tape. They're yeah. on like a real and, the, and they've been like what? Like oh, copied, copied and so copied many times. And copied. That's something you don't realize in the digital era. Every copy sounds the same. Back then, the more you copied it, the worse the sound. So it doesn't sound too great because it sounds like he's like, so I beat the fuck out of this girl. I I bludgeoned her. That's what you hear. You hear. He, I, so I. She she made a number two. Yeah, and I sucked on her sweet peanut butter. Oh, that's that's, that's all fish. But but that's what it sounds like. It's that <laughs> it's that low. I'm glad we can do weird MS 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 MSR MR. What's that? What's that thing? That thing where people are like making noises into microphones and putting it on YouTube. Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's weird. So, um, in classic Florida tradition, they tailgate. The execution. Oh, you stay classy, Florida. Florida, they t- dude. I saw a video of it. They're shooting off fireworks. I actually, I remember in one of the Ted Bundy movies, they showed something, and people had like signs outside, mm-hmm. and, and there was a party. So, um, Bundy died seven sixteen a.m. Uh, January twenty fourth, nineteen eighty nine. By the electric chair. Shit. Shit. 89. That was a year after I was born and you were about to be born. I was born like 14 days later. Yeah. Just enough time to reincarnate. The doors are locked, Steve. No, they're not. The doors are wide open right there. That's the let Albert fish in. No, it's not. And that is my number one. Steve, what... what what puts Ted at the top for you? I just think just the way he, the way he tricked the women. Yeah. Like if you you want to role play real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I got this broken arm. Is there any way you can help me carry these books to my car? Oh well, that, yeah. I don't see why not. Sure. Well, you're dead. Ah, oh, shit. You're dead. Oh. It. He really he preys on kindness and naivete and 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 he was a handsome man and and he's a handsome guy and i'm positive he used that he's a piece of shit he's a and dude just his escape from prison that's crazy that's i didn't know well there's also another escape he did before that where um he told like the prison guards that he wanted to like study the law because he was going to defend himself Yeah, because he was his own lawyer right yeah he just busted out a window he didn't get too far hey didn't he get married he on got the stand yes that was in his floor trial okay and he had a kid with this woman they had conjugals how, ew how, ew that poor girl ted could, bundy can you imagine conjugals. that your father is ted bundy <sighs> yeah i feel like honestly that's probably one of the least of her problems if her mom's going to get knocked up by Ted Bundy after she knows what he did. Shit. And then his ashes are spread somewhere up in, you know, Washington State yeah. or something. All right, Taylor. Let's close it out. What is your number one serial killer? Steve, my number one is the serial killer that other serial killers wish they were. He is is the guy that they think they are 
So when David Berkowitz is like, I'm the wicked king of Wicker, and I just shown to Sam, I'm a crazy guy, watch out, I'm terrorizing New York. This guy actually does all that shit. So like when Ted Bundy is like, I got power over all these women, this guy's actually got power. Both their men. My number one is Carl Panzram. Oh shit. Charles Carl Panzram was born in 18 dickety two. Why didn't I write it down? It was a uh, turn of the century. All right. Uh, 18 dickety two in East Grand Forks, Minnesota to Prussian dirt farmers. So basically he was born into a very unpleasant life during the day. He'd go to school when he got back from school He'd work the dirt farm until he got to go to sleep for a couple hours, get up, go to school, work the dirt farm. It's a terrible life. When he was eight years old, he was picked up by the cops for being drunk. Eight. Classic. Second grade. Classic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And when he was 12, he got picked up again for breaking into a house, stealing food and a gun. At 12? Sixth grade. Um, he'd probably stop going to school by then. So he gets sent to the Minnesota State Training School, which is basically juvie, mm-hmm. but they don't know what juvie is. None of this has been invented yet. Yeah. Child psychology doesn't exist. Regular psychology doesn't exist. So it's basically just a place where kids go to get the shit beat out of them. So he goes and he is beaten, tortured, and raped by the staff. Oh, fuck. He's diddled. He gets diddled in the worst ways. They send him to, they have a building there called the paint shop where the kids get painted black and blue. Adorable. It's adorable. Okay. So they come up with a system where they take a belt and they cut a bunch of little circuit, like punch a bunch of holes in the belt. Mm -hmm. And then they whip them with the belt. And then the belt turns, makes these little circular welts on your body. And then when they keep beating them, those welts pop. And then they take a big blanket, dip it in salt water, and throw it on your back. You know, to make you a good person. Yeah. Okay. Um, At a certain point, Carl gets a job as the, um, like, like the, the waiter. We called them gophers in Boy Scouts, where they basically just bring the food to the table for the staff. Uh-huh. And uh, he would just pee in the soup and jerk off on the ice cream, just just do uh-huh. any horrible thing he could until he got busted by when putting rat poison into the food for the staff, trying to kill them all. He's 12. He's 12 at this point? He's probably 13. Oh, my God. Uh, eventually, he burns down the paint shed, the paint shop, and... Uh, and and they go, all right, Carl, go home. So they send him home. They just send him home. Home sucks. <laughs> he doesn't want to be home. So he gets out and starts riding the rails. So he goes off to live the hobo life. And he's like, I'm going to be free. I'm going to be good. He's like 13, 14. Gets on an empty boxcar, meets a bunch of hobos, and they're like, hey, would you like some liquor? And he's like, I love liquor. I'm 14. Drink some. And then they're like, hey, you know what's fun? And, and and he's like, what? And they're like, gang rape. And then they all start raping him. Oh, my God. Carl's having a bad life. Uh, okay, yeah. Carl goes home. 
So you didn't last the whole lap, the whole life. You didn't last too long for him. Yeah, it didn't last long that time. We'll get back to it. Uh, he he gets home. They they basically put him back into juvie jail. Uh, it's a Catholic one this time. It doesn't go better. Uh, at some point, he steals a gun and he's like, "I'm getting out of here." Puts it to the priest, the head priest's head, and pulls the trigger three times, and it misfires three times. Dude, that's that's divine intervention right there. If I don't, if I say. Yep. So, in 1907, he escapes and he gets his fun kicks by robbing churches and then burning them down. That's his fun new thing because he hates religion now because they've been beating him for torturing him and raping him yeah. his whole life. So he's running around burning down churches. He's about 15 now and he joins the army to go kill Indians. So he wants to be part of the Indian Wars now. It's still 1907. Think about. You know Red Dead Redemption? That takes place in 1911. Yeah. This is about that time period. Okay. So this is the closing of the Old West. So there's there's still horses, but the cars sort of coming there, into play. There are cars. Nobody really has one. So you still you know, take horse the train, buggy. horse and okay. buggy, that kind of thing. Uh, joins the army, and he gets busted for, you know, fucking looting things and mm-hmm. stealing from the army. And he has to go to Leavenworth. He does two oh, years. Shit. He's 15. He does two years in Leavenworth before he gets dishonorably discharged. Dude, he's done so much before the age of 15. Well, evil shit. But so much. So much. So much. He's going to go in and out of jail nine times. I'm not even going to talk about most of them. Okay. But just imagine if he's not raping and murdering, he's in jail getting raped. (laughs) Or other raping. Whatever. Oh. Um, so he does two years in, in Leavenworth and he tries to escape and he can't and they give him a ball and chain, like a cartoon ball no, and chain. are you serious? And it was called earning the baby. So he had to take care of the ball, the baby, but you don't drag it behind you. You have to carry it. Oh. And it's like a 50 pound weight. Yeah. So everywhere he's going, he's carrying this ball and he's just getting jacked doing it. So he turns, he's already a big guy and he turns into this fucking beast of a man. Mm-hmm. There you go, Steve. That's Carl. That's Carl Panzram. This is him? That's I mean, that's kind of a dramatization. He's, there's a picture of him on the back. But yeah, that's Carl. We have the same haircut. <laughs> that's the same bald spot. Are there so, pictures in here? I don't know. No. Bummer. That's actually his autobiography. We're going to talk about it later. Okay. So Carl Panzram just becomes this big, mean, hateful, drunk, and he goes back on on a murder ramp on a rampage he he gets onto uh train cars and starts murdering people there and raping them and murder them only men he won't go near women and he says the reason is he got a bad case of the clap in uh in the army and he says women are no good for me but i, I think he's really just, just gay yeah, yeah. he just, just likes gay, it yeah and it's like i don't know maybe in a different world he could have been okay but not in this one so he gets busted again, <laughs> and he goes to Oregon State Penitentiary, which I believe is closed and haunted. Now, uh, he breaks out, gets in a firefight, him and another prisoner, and the other prisoner kills the warden. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So they blame Carl because the other prisoner gets killed as well. So they blame Carl, and they put him into solitary for 61 days. And I want to remind you that solitary compi- confinement is basically a coffin. So he's just in there getting meaner and badder 
and they, this prison has all these punishments beating people, and they have something called the bullpen where they keep him most of the time, where he's in a it's a circle of men, and they all have their hands on the guy in front of them, mm-hmm. kind of like a conga line, and they just walk in a circle all day, never stopping, just all day, every oh. day, walking in a circle. Management kind of changes at Oregon State, and they bring in a guy. He's a reformer, and his name is uh, Spuds Murphy. <laughs> Spuds Murphy, I love it. I can't remember his real name, but they call him Spuds. And he's like, "All right, no more beating people, no more bullpen. We're gonna reform these people and make them better." He's like, "The worst punishment you'll get from me is having to peel potatoes." And they're like, "All right." <laughs> so, so he he starts a baseball team in the prison for the you know let the prisoners play baseball, and he starts a marching band, just trying to get him to do anything that isn't beat each other up and rape each other. And Carl can't play an instrument, so they're like, uh, "Here's the baton. You carry that in the marching band." And he's like, mm, "Yes, carry <laughs> this." Mm, yeah. I wish I was drunk and raping someone, but <laughs> oh this is God. okay. I guess I'll twirl this stick right now. So, um, Carl eventually gets permission to leave and kind of like go into town, like while he's still in jail and then come back. And he's, this is the only time in his entire life he's been shown kindness is from this warden Spuds Murphy. One day he goes out and he gets drunk and he decides, I don't want to come back. Not gonna. And he doesn't go back. So they have to go out and get him and it starts with thing and people get beat up gets brought back and spuds gets in trouble because he literally let a prisoner out and yeah. that guy didn't come back and they bring back the bullpen and eventually spuds is actually fired later on and it's because of carl's poor actions it sets back reformatory like prison reform another hundred years nice one carl you dick carl gets out and he goes back to riding the rails and uh what he'll do is you know get on a train, start robbing the luggage cart. And a lot of time what's called the railroad bowl will mm-hmm. come by. And he's like, like the security guard. And at one point he comes back and he sees Carl and he's like, Hey, cut that out. And Carl just starts beating the shit out of him. And then he's like, Hey, Hey, now I'm going to rape you. And he starts raping him. Oh. And they're like, what the fuck? And the guy's like, what the fuck? I want to let you go. And then, and then Carl says to like, whoever was helping him rob, he's like, now you got to rape him. And he's like, I don't want it to rape him. <laughs> oh my God. The only thing I like is sodomy and whiskey. Which he is quoted as saying, the only two pleasures in life are whiskey and sodomy. That's so much diddling. So much diddling. Um, but hasn't really murdered a lot of people. So he's going to start. Carl had a grudge against the judge who was later became secretary of defense the one who basically put him into Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later he became uh, Supreme Court Justice. Uh, in between, he had a job. What was he? Oh, he was the president. Guess which one? Guess that president. Da, da, da. I don't know. He Taft? was. It was Taft. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. Was it Taft? It was Howard Taft. Oh, shit. So he's got this grudge against Taft. So he breaks into Taft's house in New York, steals a bunch of money, steals his gun, which he keeps forever. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, well, I'll come back when you're home and I'll murder you. But instead he uses the money to buy a yacht. And he sails up and down New York, like it through basically from the tip of Manhattan down to whatever the bottom is, the financial district. I don't know what's down there, to the docks. And he starts this 
thing where he will get a bunch of sailors and be like, hey, you want to come on a quick trip to me? We're just going up to New Jersey and back. And they're like, all right. He's like, great, bring all your stuff. And then he murders them. Well, that's not right. He rapes them. Then then he he murders them. them. And then he takes all their stuff and just dumps their bodies in the harbor. And he just keeps going up and down New York City, getting sailors, raping the sailors, murdering the sailors, taking their stuff. Um, Until he eventually runs the ship aground. (laughs) And he's like, huh. Shit. Next thing. So, now, what more could he really do in America? He's been everywhere. He's raped everyone. He's murdered everyone. It's true. So he goes to Africa. Oh. And he becomes, uh, he works for an oil company. He basically becomes a, a slaver, like a crack the whip oh, kind of guy. Geez. Oh, he worked for the Pinkertons for a while as a strike breaker, too. He doesn't give a shit. He'll beat someone's ass. He's like, I'll work for the man just as long as I get to beat people. He's a monster. So he's in Africa, and he uh, he buys a little girl. And then he gets her home, and he goes, yeah, I don't like this. And he brings her back, exchanges her for a boy. Oh. Yeah, does some boy raping. Carl's, oh. Carl's a bad man. Uh, and then he bludgeons the boy to death. Let's see here. So Carl is at this point raping and pillaging his way through Africa and he goes, all right, I want to come home now. But at this point they know who Carl is and they're like, fuck no, no one will take him home. So he ends up stowing away on a ship that brings him to Spain. And then he's like at the American embassy, like, I'd like to go home. And they're like, no, you're Carl Panzram. And he's like, how do you know? And they're like, word spreads. This is pre-internet. This is before the fucking telephone was common dude that's crazy like it seems like the world knows who he is now yeah they know carl panzram stay the fuck away from carl panzram somehow he he gets his way home he goes to uh salem massachusetts murders a boy what's fun in this is you can actually find a picture of him with a boy and we're pretty sure that's the boy he murdered that's the murdered boy. We're not sure if it's Carl, but it looks like Carl. Are you serious? He admits to everything in his autobiography. He does not give a shit. He's oh. meanness personified. That's crazy, bro. This dude's the devil. So, um, becomes a pirate on the Hudson. He's running out of crimes. He burns. He, he, a pirate he likes on the to Hudson. burn down buildings too. He breaks into houses. He literally commits. Burgle larson arsony it's a mix between burglary arson and larceny okay does them all becomes a pirate adds that to the resume check off pirating raping drinking whiskey uh he gets busted for pirating and he has to go to five years in danamora prison jesus while trying to escape he falls off the prison wall and breaks his back and they just kind of, like, leave him for a while. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, shit. Panzram's not moving. So they put him in, like, the medical wing. And then they come to check on him the next day. And they're like, he wasn't in his bed. And they're like, where's Carl? He played possum. Sounds like it. Nope. He was in the next bed raping his cellmate. <laughs> oh. like, ah. I'm just going to rape you real quick. And then I'm going to get back to feeling better. I'll just feel better if I can put this in your butt okay. real quick. Okay. Enough of the raping. So now his back kind of heals, but he's like a hobbly, weird shell of what he once was. He's still super strong, yeah. but he can't really move as quick as he could. Uh, he gets 
he gets out and he goes to Philly after his five years for pirating. Uh, and he this is kind of his berserker mode. Okay. He just starts killing and robbing and raping and murdering all these people and picked up quickly. Oh, yeah. You, like you say, he's in his berserker mode. Yeah. He's, he's killing people left and right. And he ends up getting 25 years at Leavenworth. Jesus. Um, put into solitary... Uh, confinement they have to keep him away from other people because they'll rape and murder them this is where he meets uh henry lesser okay who is a guard and at one point the guard just like hey carl have a better day and he gives him a dollar carl never no one is ever nice to carl one person before and it was spuds murphy was nice to him this is the second person his entire life and he is an adult man who's ever done anything good for him so he he really likes henry lesser this mm-hmm. guard and he starts writing him letters and in his letters he talks about everything he ever did and this becomes carl's autobiography which you can buy i recommend it it's a little pricey i recommend why is it pricey Uh, i think it might be out of print oh i think that's actually the reprint but anyway it was it was like it was like 20 bucks that's not pricey yeah but a paperback that doesn't matter okay um but yeah definitely worth getting it harold Schechter writes the um preface to it and he's the Known for writing all those books about Ed Gein and Albert Fish and H.H. Everyone. So he's in Leavenworth. He gets laundry duty so he can be alone. Mm-hmm. And one day they put him in with someone else and he beats him to death. And Does he rape him? Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. Doesn't say. I'm going to assume yes. Okay. <laughs> Raping and murdering and murdering. Do you have any whiskey? That's not a picture how he sounds. Raping, murdering, and raping. Ugh. So, uh, and then he beats a guard to death, and just, he gets loose, and he tries to find the warden to kill him, but he's, like, all hobbly now. He can't walk right, so he's just hobbling down the hallway like Jack Torrance with, like, the broken leg, like, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. bash your brains, and I'm just gonna murder you, rape you, murder you. And some lady's like, what are you doing? He's like, get away from me. I need more boy butts. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. Okay, what happens now? Uh, so so um, he's, he's sentenced to death. Oh, okay. <laughs> they catch him. They send him some to death in Indiana. Um, and there's all these petitions like, look, this is clearly someone who's been ruined by the system. This is not Carl's fault. He's been wronged. And Carl's writing letters back like, no, kill me. I'm a monster. I hate everything. I want everything to die. I hate humanity. Um, I think I've got a quote from here. In my lifetime, I have murdered 21 human beings. I have committed thousands of burglaries, robberies, larcenies, arsons, burglarga arsonies. <laughs> That one wasn't on there, but the rest is. And last but not least, I've committed sodomy on more than a thousand male human beings. For all of these things, I am not the least bit sorry. I have no conscience, so that does not worry me. I don't believe in man, God, nor devil. I hate the whole damn human race, including myself. Wow. That's that's pretty powerful. That's some shit. Yeah. So the devil himself, Carl Panzram, gets the chair in Indiana, and his last words are, Hurry it up, you Hoosier bastard. I could kill ten men while you're fooling around. It's a hell of a last word. That's a hell of a line, yeah. Is that it? 
That's Carl Panzeran. Oh, dude, I don't feel we, so good now. We don't have a number on Carl's kills. He talks about most of them, but it's it could be hundreds. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't know. Like he was just everywhere, every place you could be. Carl was there, and he probably murdered, and he definitely raped someone. Dude, this has got this has to be like the god of all serial killers now. Th- this it has is, to be. This is the guy that serial killers want to be. So like. Like when they're thinking of how cool they are for like, like you know, picking up a boy and and diddling them and stuff, they're really just trying to be Carl. Um, you want to do some honorable mentions? Yeah, we're we're so far over time; it doesn't even matter now. Uh, uh, I was uh, I was thinking about doing Ed Kemper, the um, co-ed killer. I uh, I didn't. It. I don't like. I don't like violence against women a lot. Uh, you want to talk about violence against women? Yeah, who did you have? The tour box killer? Yeah. You were going to do that I was going to do that, and I changed it to Son of, Sam, Son of Sam. I'm kind of glad I changed it. I am too. Just look him up, guys, or listen to the last podcast on the left episode. It'll freak you out. Yeah, that's yeah. you don't want that. Chickatillo? Chickatilla was on mine, the Russian guy who has to murder to get a boner. Um, Henry Lee Lucas. Yeah, the drifter killer. Yeah. Hand of death or whatever. Yeah, that that's, just seems that's like, like a or so something. much, and I don't... I don't have that, time, that yeah, much time for that. research. For I don't that. think about that guy. So that's about it, really. There's yeah. other ones you can name, but... There's, there's plenty. Um, uh, special thanks to uh, Carl Schechter who literally wrote the book and oh we were going to do Ed Gein but he only actually killed two people yeah that's not really he's just a murderer I'm like I think he just murdered he's more of a ghoul um, special thanks to Harold Schechter who literally wrote the book on serial killers um, special thanks to our big brothers over at last podcast on the left for letting us crib your notes yes uh, special thanks to the girls in my favorite murder for making this a socially acceptable thing thanks for uh, Wikipedia for helping my research <laughs> yeah absolutely there's there's so much good information there's even good stuff on YouTube um, to check out don't forget to rate and subscribe leave a comment oh god sorry I'm I'm kind of grossed out I'm, I'm exhausted now. I am at the end. I am at my wits. I'm so glad that this is out of me and into the world. And into you, dear listener. Into you. Penetrating you. <laughs> Dylan. D- diddling you. Diddling you. All right. I think that's all I have. Steve, do you have anything else? No. All right. As always, don't forget, Pedro is my god now. Good night, everyone. And happy Halloween. Ha 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 